Recorded live. And good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Adams, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events for Tuesday, March 31st, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hi, Melody. Oh, what a day. Markets are changing here this last hour of trade. We still have gold, a little bit of pressure on gold down $1.70 at 1184.30. We have silver down five cents at 16.74. Platinum is up $23 at 11.46, along with palladium is also up eight at 739. And we have the USDX today trading stronger, of course. 0.39 0.39 at 98.34. Crude oil pressure 1.12 to the downside at 47.56. And the market report uh, was down 100 about an hour ago. We're looking about uh, down uh, the last minutes. So the last ticks are coming through of the market here. They should have been completed four minutes ago, but hey, they just keep trading. <laughs> You know, they just keep trading. There's no cutoff. The Dow's down 200 points at 17,776. The NASDAQ down 46 at 4,900, down 18,067. So a uh, uh, big reversal there at the end of the day for trade. The Euro 107, 10-year yield 1.93, down 0.03. European markets all down. Asian down and um, yeah, bring tomorrow. Well, well, yeah, it's, it's part of the adventure we call life, Melody. Watch for these little things, and it gives us something to do tomorrow. But we'll, well, actually, the uh, uh, you know, talk about the fear and greed index. What emotion is driving the market? And yesterday, even though it was up fairly strong, the the that index didn't move. Hardly. It was still at 39, and you'd think when you have a big day like that, you'd have a little bit of uh, a little more confidence in the market to where uh, you know at least it perhaps would move a little more closer to neutral. Uh, not the case. And today it dropped four points. We're looking at the, the fear indicator at 35, 35. So a lot of fear in those markets. There's fear. Uh, gold does well. Coins do well. Yeah. Certainly not the the reason you buy gold, but uh, certainly it's it contributes. It's a contributing factor. Well, it's just a trend. It's a trend. I mean, really, because that's really my fundamental reason for buying gold is that I don't trust the dollar. Absolutely, of course, it's fiat currency. Uh, that's essentially I'm responding to what you could say is a fear index. My fear is that. United States government, I know they're bankrupt, legally bankrupt, can't possibly pay their debt. Sooner or later, that moment is going to have to be faced, I believe. If I'm right about that, when the moment arrives, there's going to be economic chaos, and almost certainly the dollar will be placed. The government is going to declare something like a bank holiday and say, oh, this is an emergency. And we're freezing all, all the banks are closed until Wednesday. All right? We might have, they might make the declaration on Friday, and the banks are closed until next Wednesday. 
And when the banks reopen, we're going to have a new kind of money. It'll be pink instead of green or some color. I don't know what color it's going to be. We'll have some, a new currency where one of those will be equal to 10 of our paper dollars, of today's paper dollars. The result will be, no matter how it gets done and how, what, how they dress it up, the result will be that people who have invested a lot of money in stocks and particularly in government bonds are going to find most of their assets disappearing. One way or another, they will have a reset. The green dollars are going to go bye-bye, and they're going to come up with pink dollars or yellow dollars or who knows what color they're going to have. They're going to be at different values. And it'll be set up where the debts will ultimately be diminished. I myself, I don't think they can pay more than 10 to 20% of the total national debt. I think they have to repudiate 80 to 90%, but I could be wrong. It could be that they're going to only have to repudiate 50% of the national debt. Even if they do, assuming the debt is only $18 trillion, which is what the government claims, Assuming they repudiate that half of that debt, that's $9 trillion that disappears. And because the problem you have in a debt-based monetary system is one man's debt is another man's asset. They wipe out half the debt. They wipe out a correlative amount of paper assets. They become worthless. Right? What happens? How can you take $9 trillion? out of the U.S. economy, out of the paper assets of the U.S. economy, and hope this fiat-based monetary system and this fiat monetary-based economy is going to hold together. I don't think it will. That's the reason I go after gold. Gold will still be there after the dust settles and the fur stops flying and somebody cleans off the fan. The gold is still going to be there, and, it'll, and it will have value. I don't know what the value is going to be. I'm inclined to believe it will be increased significantly, maybe dramatically, maybe exponentially. But who can say? But it will still have value, and I don't think the green paper dollars will, and therefore I buy gold. I invest my wealth, you know, such as it is, my wealth. And what do I mean by my wealth? I mean my time, my energy, my sweat, the effort that I've made over the years to try to earn a living. Not as if I'm a wealthy man, but my wealth is how much have I, how much of my previous effort have I been able to store in the medium of a house or a car or land or stock or bonds or gold or silver. Try to preserve that wealth. It's kind of like a Kodak, Kodak moment where you take a snapshot of your wealth and what do you do with it? Oh, look, there's the, there's, there's the 50 grand I, I earned back when. How do we have it? Here's a picture of me holding the 50 grand. But how do we preserve that? How do we make that Kodak moment for our wealth? Reflecting the time when you were working hard, you were putting in long hours. What's the Kodak moment? It's a coin, gold coin, silver coin, stack of gold coins, stack of silver coins. 
technical at most. One day you're going to be able to look back and say, oh, look, there's the money I earned back in 2010, 2015. You know, some people pull out their the pictures of their kids. Oh, look, here's here's baby Rhonda. You know, with oh, isn't she cute? Uh, you know, to some degree, when you're preserving your wealth, you can pull out your Kodak moments of the wealth you've preserved. And instead of showing a, a picture of baby Rhonda, you can show them a, you know, gold eagle. Oh, look. In any case, that's why I'm buying gold. And I'm suggesting, of course, that you know, you consider doing the same. Look around. Use your own head. Don't believe it because you heard it from me. But look around. What do you think? Can the debt be repaid? You know, the government, you know, one of the problems they're going to have, this whole system goes south. And they have to admit they can't pay the debt. How much debt are they going to repudiate? And the reason I ask that question is because the government says, the official national debt's about $18 trillion. And we can sit back and say, well, they're going to repudiate half the debt, $9 trillion. But John Williams says the real national debt's closer to $100 trillion. And the government has used various accounting devices to conceal the true size of the national debt. Now, if John Williams is right, the national debt is at least five times greater than the government currently admits, but the Congressional Budget Office and economist Lawrence Kotlikoff have sat back and they've said, no, 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 national debt is actually, including unfunded liabilities, it's over $200 trillion. Now, let's just suppose that the government did reach a moment where they had to admit they were broke, and therefore they had to admit how much debt they actually carried. It's like being bankrupt. If you're going to be bankrupt, do you want to only admit a few of your debts? Write those off in the bankruptcy? Or do you want to get all of your debts? The answer, of course, is you want to get all of your debts, which means that if there were a moment, if it were true, headed toward a moment when the government effectively goes bankrupt and has to admit it's insolvent, has to admit it can't pay its debts, and has to put its debts in, okay, we repudiate this debt, this debt, this debt, this debt. They aren't going to repudiate just $9 million, half of the current official national debt. They're going to want to repudiate all of the national debt, which may be somewhere between $100 trillion and $200 trillion. Imagine the shock in the nation and in this world if the government were come out to come forward and say, guess what? We're going to repudiate $200 trillion in debt. What if they just did $100 trillion? John Williams at ShadowStats.com, he says $100 trillion. Okay, repudiate $100 trillion. Maybe not the whole thing. Repudiate $80 trillion out of the hundred. The impact on the U.S. economy, the impact on the global economy will be extraordinary 
the financial equivalent of nuclear war. What follows? Uh, the, the world would be astonished if the government said, oh, guess what? We we're lying all the time. We said there was $18 trillion. <laughs> Actually, we had about $200 trillion in debt. We're going to repudiate 90% of it or 50% of it. I don't care. Pick a number. They're going to repudiate the debt. They're going to have to admit the true size of the debt. If they don't repudiate it, if they don't admit the true size of the debt, they can't repudiate it. Huh? They can say, oh, we're going to cancel the debt, $9 trillion. Yeah, big deal. Knock off $9 trillion if John Williams is right. Still leave you, you still owe another $90 trillion. If the Congressional Budget Office is right, you still owe another $190 trillion. It won't do any good to knock off, to repudiate half of the national, the official national debt. But if they have to deny, if they have to admit the whole debt, shockwaves will be. I doubt that there's ever been anything. Hard to know what what reactions we'll get out of the world from that, because I doubt that there's ever been anything comparable. So, babbling on here about why I like gold. It's not just a matter of liking gold. I don't like paper dollars. I don't like the government that's built on deceit and fraud and phony money, phony currency. I don't like it. I don't trust it, and I don't think it can last. But it may surprise me. It could last a long time. I don't see how. It could happen, though. So well, I, I think that you. I think one of the items that allowed them to continue their charade for such a long time is the, the ability to, to become globalized. By being by going into the the globalization, that that actually enabled them to continue the charade of the fiat currency and the value. And now we're seeing that connection, even though it's being globalized in a different way. I don't believe the United States controls that globalization. Now people will say, well, the elite control it. The those in charge who and they very well might. However, then it tells me that they are looking at a way to where by having other countries do their own thing and come together, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit later on in the program, they're certainly losing that or the ability to keep the charade going because it's sort of like weakening the web. It's not strengthening the web unless they decided to bring in China with this new bank in order to and maybe that is their plan in order to keep this world system afloat. Maybe it is part of their plan. I don't think so, but... Well, it could be. Could if be. they were sitting back and saying, look, I think the dollar is going to collapse. And how do we hold this system together without the dollar? And somebody said, well, what about the Chinese yuan? I said, yeah, I, that's a good idea. So it may be an attempt by nations to hold the system together, or at least hedge their bets on the system by creating an alternative currency just in case the dollar falls on really hard times. I mean, I agree with that, but that doesn't mean... I said the same thing, but just... Right, but, uh, uh, it comes down to it. Yeah. 
but, uh, but, but certainly they'll be able to carry the charade of the system and keep it going a little bit longer if they do introduce, you know, another banking system. However, I do believe that the, the, the totalization, I guess, there's such a word, of completing the new world order and so forth is just a part of it in order to, to, to keep it going so that they can... Well, it's more well, will, it complete, will it complete their new world order, or does it jeopardize the new world uh, It's a bump in the road, I think. Maybe it completes it. I, 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 don't, I don't think it completes it. It may be just a bump in the road before we get to perhaps a new world order. Maybe we're going to get there. Maybe we're not going to get there. If we do get there, probably won't hold together for long, uh, but we may get there before it explodes. Take a break for some commercial announcements. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Peterson on Financial Survival.
No, I don't. I won't argue that. But what I'm trying to argue. I, mean, I think this is going to have a, a lot more problems in the future. Undoubtedly. Because, will it and is this China's problems? way? Is this China's way of maybe bringing in all these outside entities into their little web to control? Sure. sure. And thinking that they control can take over the world. You know, everybody's got to be. They've got to be as tired of the United States government manipulating the value of the dollar, manipulating the value of other currencies, throwing its weight around, it's got to be just as aggravating to them as manipulation of the gold market is to people like ourselves. Well, maybe it's just simple greed, Al. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it's just simple My greed. My point is that it's not, no, it's not simple greed because there's not enough money there to be greedy about. Not now. Not now. All right. But there's a lot of greed and in antagonize the United States by making this move. If all you're going to do is be greedy, you need to also be fearful that by antagonizing the United States, something's going to happen to you that you're not going to like. And I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, I am just my my gut, and that's all. I don't have facts to support this. It's just just instinct, as far as I'm able to see, is just suggesting that these people are just so tired of being hornswoggled by the United States that they're just saying, I don't care. Whatever it is, it's like me with Obama. After Bush, after George W. Bush, I didn't think anybody could be a worse president. So I was actually glad when Obama was elected. Silly me. Little did I know. Nevertheless, I was willing to take a chance on Obama because I didn't think anything could be worse than Bush. Well, we'll watch and see. I don't think China can do a worse job than the United States has on an international basis. And I would bet that most of the people that are joining from different nations are saying, get it, let's get into the Chinese bank. They're saying, how bad can it be? It be, can't be worse than what we're doing right now with the dollar as a world reserve currency. And there's even a chance. You know, we talked about this maybe two weeks ago. Somebody snapped a photograph of a billboard in Bangkok, Thailand, big billboard outside the airport at the capital. And the billboard was put up by the, the People's Bank of China, which is run by the Chinese government. And it advocated the renminbi, which is Chinese currency, as an alternative world reserve currency. And the graphic on that billboard, all by itself, that advertisement was pretty bold because they were saying we want to. They didn't say they want to be the only world reserve currency, but they wanted to be an alternative world reserve currency, and that's firing a real big shot across the United States government's bow. But the graphic on the billboard, which was not clear in the photograph, the photograph was taken from an automobile driving down the road. You could read the billboard, but just the same, it was a little bit fuzzy, a little indistinct. They were holding a coin on that billboard. The coin appeared to be made of gold. I couldn't identify what coin it was just because it was fuzzy, but the color was not that of bronze or brass. There are some Chinese coins that are made out of bronze or brass. This looks like a gold coin. And if they're advertising the renminbi as being related to gold, 
perhaps backcycled. Then we might say, what if the what if the people jumping into this new bank already understood that the that the currency was going to be backed by gold? Guarantee you that would explain a lot of people jumping quickly. Say, hey, sign me up, sign me up. We're going to have a gold bag space. You want? <laughs> I'll have some. You know, I don't necessarily need another paper fiat currency. That's you know, it might be all that is a management issue. It's nonsense. It's fraud. Fiat currency, they're all lies. But it's possible that China would run a kinder, gentler fiat currency than the United States has run with a fiat dollar. Possible. What if China actually has let the word out to high officials that they're thinking about backing the yuan or renminbi with gold? What then, Melody? Build a better currency and the world will be the path to your doorstep. If you trust China. I don't trust. I, you know, you that, know, that's what these countries People have to. You want to do business with them, you got to trust them. You want them to build your cars and sell you all your, all your cheap goods and the rest of that sort of thing? If you, if, you you think, if, you, if you think they're offering, I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying if you think their, their Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank is, is real transparent and, and I mean it's it He's certainly does show the Federal Reserve well and it could be yeah, how could it that's be that's not what I'm arguing that's, what, that's uh, not what I'm possible, dating I'm just dating that a lot of these countries are going there and it remains to be seen how successful this is going to be and I agreed I do believe that the people are worn out and they're looking for you know, something that can stabilize the world because the world is so desperate. There is such, I mean, the world is basically falling apart. You have about World War Three ready to begin in the Middle East. I mean, things are bad. I mean, things out there are very troubling and disturbing in these countries. Yeah, they're running to something, but is it going to be any different? With all the claims of China saying it's going to be different, is it going? Will it truly be? Here's what will be different. It may be that whatever China is setting up will be no improvement whatsoever compared to what we have now. That's entirely possible. And in that sense, the net result, the net change in the world won't be much. But insofar as that Chinese bank attracts significant attention and participation, has to diminish the value of the dollar. The work of the dollar as measured on the international markets ultimately has to be diminished by this new Chinese bank. And that's where we'll see the dollar. That's where we'll see the change in the dollar. Right now, it's pushing close to 100 points on the U.S. dollar index. It may be that after the bank is in and established, the bank by itself, the Asian Infrastructure Investment Bank, it may help to cause the dollar to fall to, take, pick a number, let's say 75, fall from 100 to 75. It's been there before. It wouldn't be anything shocking. But let's suppose it did that much. Well, that changes things. That changes the dollar. It doesn't necessarily change the world. 
but it does change the dollar. As people do more of their business in yuan or renminbi, right? people do less of their business in the dollar. They do less of their business in the dollar. Nobody needs it as much. Nobody wants it as much. The demand for paper dollars diminishes, and so does the price. So does the purchasing power. So the changes might not change the world, but it might change the dollar. And is this bank being created in part by the elite as the alternative for when the dollar goes down? So they do. Yeah, think, so they do have a way to protect their money. I think it's so, to some yeah. extent. It's a hedge. It's yeah, you know, yeah. They're looking at it and they're yeah. like, I don't know how they don't know any more. They might not know any more about it than I do. And they sit back and say, you know, I think the dollar is in big trouble. And somebody says, hey, you don't suppose it could collapse, do you? And I go, well, I don't know. It could be. Maybe so. <clears throat> and therefore, maybe we'd better do something. Maybe we need an alternative currency like the yuan, just in case. In case of emergency, break glass and pull the yuan and the renminbi out to replace the dollar if the dollar collapses. They are working from the same fundamental position that I'm on. Well, I'm sitting back. I'm also concerned that the dollar is a dead man walking or a dead currency walking. You understand? I don't think it's going to make it. And this is not, this is, I'm not the only one who thinks so. Not the first, not, it's well, I not, agree. Well, everybody understands fiat currencies always fail eventually. Absolutely. I mean, the day, we all know it's going to go down. Right? We just don't know when. Well, these people are sitting back and in part they're saying maybe it's soon. I think maybe it's soon too. Therefore, I advocate owning gold. But my reason is very much similar to that of the Chinese establishing their new bank. It's very similar, more than likely, to the motivation behind people in Norway and England and Germany and France and Taiwan and South Korea. They're jumping on this bank. Why? Because they're also looking and saying, you know, I don't know if the dollar is going to make it. Moving and doing things a little bit differently, but still, I suspect that, you know, in every one of these instances, people are motivated, at least in part, by the same concern. Dollars gone too far. Debt can't be paid. Sooner or later, they're going to have to admit the government's insolvent. What happens then? Do you want to own dollars at that time? Do you want to own stocks or bonds denominated in fiat dollars at that time? A lot of people are looking and say, I don't know. I do or I don't. Maybe it'd be a good idea to put my money into something that was not exposed to dollar losses. And of course, if that's if that idea tempts any of you, the answer is at least from my perspective, you're going to consider putting storing some of your wealth in uh, gold, silver, something tangible, not a promise to pay. You know. But fiat currencies are such an incredible fraud. And now one man, John Maynard Keynes, the author of the Keynesian economic theories, he's the guy who pointed out that there's a surer way to destroy a nation than to debauch the currency. And what he meant by debauch, he meant is make it worthless. And that's what happens with inflation. 
And he says, no sure way to destroy a nation than to debauch the currency. And he says, not one man in a million understands that process. I think he might be correct, although that statement was made almost a century ago, 70, 80 years ago anyway. But still, I think he was on target. Maybe maybe it's only one in 100,000 today who understand, but it's not many. You have to try to understand, in my opinion, it's incumbent on all of us to try to understand just to protect ourselves. Take a break for our last set of commercial announcements. Again, I'm Alfred Addison with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back in a moment. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Alfred Addis, here with Melody Cedarstrom, Financial Survival. We've been talking about why I think gold is a sensible investment. It's not just because I think gold is something, you know, an extraordinary item. But it's not just a question of going to gold because it has some intrinsic value. 
it's a question of getting away from the dollar. I'm not just running to gold. I'm running away from the dollar in the same sense we're talking about the people who are joining this Chinese investment bank, the Asian investment Infrastructure Investment Bank. People around the world are running to join this, or governments around the world are running to join the affiliated with this bank. It's not just a question. They're running to it because it offers something extraordinary. I think it may be also that they are running away from something else, and that to me appears to be the fiat dollar. Again, if I'm correct, their reason for going for the Chinese bank is much the same for my reason for advocating ownership of gold. It's not necessarily a question where gold is perfect or you'll live forever. Uh, get gold and live forever. No, it doesn't work out that way. But it is the best deal going. A lot of people, I think, and it's better than the alternative, which is largely paper fiat currency. So the people are going to the bank because they think it's the best deal going. But not just because it's such a secret deal, but to get away from what they think is a bad deal. I agree. Here's another article from the Washington Times. Dennis Ross, he's congressman. The headline, Dennis Ross pushes zero-based budgeting for the federal government. Uh, It's a story where he's pushing a zero-based budgeting system. He's a Florida congressman, a Republican, and he says we should be painfully honest with the American people because it's their money. All right, so, you know, my response is please, you know, government is going to be painfully honest with the American people. When is that going to happen? Regardless of whether it's, it's our money or it's not our money, the government doesn't think of it as our money. Think of it, if you've got $100,000, the government is thinking, hmm, that's really the government's money. The government is sitting back and saying, how do we get that? And they are. You know, I'm not saying they're going to take it, but I guarantee you they're thinking about it. We could, do you think we take $100,000 from all these people and get away with it? I mean, it's like having a government that is the James gang. And they're just looking over the bank, looking over the little bank and say, do you think we can rob this bank? Or do they have too many guards? The James gang is pretty much going to say, yeah, we're the James gang and we can, we can rob the bank. So that's what I expect out of this government, much the same. They also said uh, when we do the budget process, we want to have some justification for every appropriation that's sought, a legal basis for it, an amount that is less than last year's, and a summary to express the outcome of it. What they're saying is they want the government agencies and bureaucracies to argue, justify, and defend everything, every single expenditure. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, again, if the government needed a legal basis to justify its spending, it would almost be like uh, the government being accountable. And we know that's never going to happen. They're not going to really be accountable. So I'm not, I'm not convinced that they're going to employ, they're going to institute zero-based budgeting. I'm not optimistic. Still, there's a point to it. Okay? And the point is not about government efficiency or even accountability. From my perspective, the point is government insolvency. Government knows that it's going broke. 
It knows that it can't raise tax registers from our weakened economy without pushing us deeper into recession or depression. It knows that its ability to borrow more money from creditors has been shrinking dramatically. As everyone knows, the government can't ever repay the existing debts in full. We know they can't pay the $18 trillion. They aren't going to pay that. So it's possible. It, it's not impossible for them to pay $18 trillion, but they're not going to ever pay $100 trillion, which is John Williams' bet, or $200 trillion Congressional Budget Office. It's never going to be paid. Why lend more money to somebody who can't pay his existing debts? And we see evidence of this. The Federal Reserve has even stopped quantitative easing, which was largely based on buying government debt. And why did they begin to buy government debt? And the answer was nobody else would. The Federal Reserve has been previously, a couple of years ago, the government put out its bonds and people around the world snatched up the bonds. We were borrowing money from foreign countries. Now foreign countries say, uh-uh, we don't want those, we don't want your bonds. So the Federal Reserve stepped in and they'd spend them, print the money, essentially, pay for the bonds, and they kept the government in an operation, even though the rest of the world, by and large, felt that the government's credit was no longer worth it. It was exaggerated. They're never going to get paid. Why lend money? You know, it's like lending money to a crack addict. Chances are you're not going to get it back. Not impossible, but it's not likely. So the point is the government can't raise taxes, not very much, without injuring an already weakened economy. They can't borrow as much as they would like to. What it means is they're going to have to cut spending. The government is going broke. The emperor is nude. Understand? There's another article from the Washington Times that only illustrates this point. The headline is Obama supports reduction in military retirement pay. President Obama said on Monday he supports the recommendation of a military commission that would reduce the size of traditional military retirement pay by about 20% and offer a new user-defined contribution, uh, a, a new, excuse me, defined contribution benefit for troops who leave before 20 years of service. In a letter to congressional leaders, Mr. Obama said the proposals are, quote, an important forward in protecting the long-term viability of our all-volunteer force, improving the quality of life for service members and their families, and ensuring the fiscal stability of the military compensation and retirement program. Well, that's just a bunch of hot air. Here's what it does. It's going to reduce the size of traditional military retirement pay by about 20%. And they're going to reduce it by 20%. This is no small thing, right? How do you like to have receive an announcement that they're cutting your pension plan by 20% or your Social Security by 20% or your welfare payments by 20%? 20%, this isn't 3%, 20%. This is enough to get people talking to themselves. And Obama tries to dress up and saying this is something positive. The truth is they're going to cut, they plan to cut the retire, the military retirement pay by about 20%. And the reason is because the government's going broke. 
They don't have the money to continue to play the game. Huh? And I look at this, and this is one of the reasons why I say, I'm going to put my money into gold. This is more evidence. It's not just theory that the government is broke. It's not just theory. What is going to happen to this country when the government stops spending as much money as it has in the past? We've been at this. Our economy has been on life support for what? Six years now? What happens if the government can't spend as much as it has in the past? What happens if they have to completely abandon quantitative easing? I mean, I understand that QE1, 2, and 3 have been shut down, but we're still wondering if there's going to be QE4. What happens if they can't play that game? What happens, again, the economy has been on life support. It has been artificially stimulated like a patient in a hospital. Somebody give it a shot of adrenaline every once in a while. Make, them, make, make guys sit up and jump around. The truth is, the sky is very sick. It may not even be a good idea to give him adrenaline because it only wears him out and maybe makes him sicker. Maybe we need to just let him lay there on on the bed in the hospital for a while until he recovers. And maybe that's what we need to do with our economy. Now, nobody's going to agree to that, or not many people are going to agree. They might agree with a theory, but people in positions of power, they don't dare make a move that says, well, okay, we're going to let the economy collapse for a while. We're going to pull out all of the stimulus and just let her, whatever it is, whatever it is that's what we're going to do. They, you could kiss your political career goodbye if you're associated with that movement. So, still, point, government is running out of cash. Can't tax, can't borrow, don't have enough money. Military man, thanks a lot, but we're going to cut your, we're going to cut your retirement by 20%. Now, how many of you people think you've got a public pension from the government? that is going to be any safer than the pensions and retirement programs that are available for the military. Here's an article from the Fiscal Times that illustrates what's happening at the state level. Outrageous public pensions could bankrupt these states. And they point out uh, some of the worst public sector pension problems in America are playing out in states and cities where legislation and local court rulings have granted extraordinary protections the workers' retirement benefits, far beyond those enjoyed by the private sector employees. What they're saying is that the public public employee unions were able to throw their weight around and get government to pass laws in the legislature, sometimes to get courts, judges to pass rulings in the courts, where they said that the government pension plans are special. If a city like Stockton, California, goes bankrupt, the creditors can't reach into those pension plans to grab the money away from the former government employees, former and even current government employees. Up until then, those those, uh, pension plans have been specially protected and creditors can't touch them, and they've Got a ruling coming out of Stockton, California. You were talking about it earlier, Melody. Yeah. Where, you know, the no, no, the creditors can reach in to the government finances, even into the pension plans. This was at the state level, to uh, 
at the California state level to collect whatever money is owed to the creditors. Well, we're going to see similar rulings in other states. And we're going to see this whole thing, you know, what's going to happen to your pension? What's going to happen to your Social Security? Everything we're looking at here, again, we're talking about outrageous public pensions could bankrupt these states. They're telling us that the government is broke at the local, state, and federal level. Not in every instance, but in a lot of them. They're telling us that it is inevitable. You know, this is just another one of those illustrations. Sooner or later, government's going to have to admit that golly, it doesn't have the money to pay the pensions and the retirement and the Social Security and whatever debts and subsidies people and welfare people are counting on. Government's going to have to cut back on virtually all of it. And this is one of the reasons I sit back and I look at it and say, ha-ha. I look at it and I say, when they do that, my guess is the dollar is not going to survive. When we hit that moment, one of the characteristics of the world recognizing that the emperor is nude, one of the characteristics will be they'll recognize that the paper dollar are just pieces of paper. And it'll be like a Weimar Republic moment where they're just sweeping. All of you probably seen those photographs. There were dollars, piles of them in the street, and the street sweeper is just sweeping them down into the city sewer. Nobody's grabbing for these dollars or these, these Weimar marks. Nobody's grabbing for them. You know, you would think, oh, there's dollars or there's marks laying in the street. And we can expect that all the street urchins and the poor people and whatever, at least them, and maybe even the middle class, some of the rich, we're grabbing for those dollars. No, they're just sweeping them down the sweeping them into the gutter and down into the sewer. When that happens, we're going to have to have a new and improved currency that is not the green pieces of paper we have today. It'll be a different color, and it will probably be where one of the new ones will be worth 10 of the old ones. Or maybe one of the new ones is worth 100 of the old ones. And they'll work it one way or another where the national debt is substantially repudiated. Those of you that are holding a bond for, say, $100,000, you're going to find its purchasing power is reduced to $10,000. You may still get 100000 but it won't have a purchase. The purchasing power will be 10000 We're coming on that moment. I think the way to protect yourself is to get some gold, get some silver. If you agree with me, give Melody a call at 1-800-375-4188. And I want to thank all of you for listening. We're out of time. We'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody. I'm Frank, the producer. Bye. I work all night. I work all day. I pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a penny left for me.
Are you concerned about prescription drug dependency to stay healthy? Are you worried that the cost and availability of your medications may put your health at risk? Perhaps it's time you consider a natural, safe, and effective way to deal with your health problems. If only you knew where to start. Start right here. Tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your healthcare options just became endless. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many to eat. Messiah's Branch at the Mission Church in Wichita, Kansas, helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people. Your neighbors, the mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest among the poor. These are men, women, and children, once at home, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and all. You can send a monetary gift or a box to your family to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 65851. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886 Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulphur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, good afternoon, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephanie. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is March 31st, 2015. It's Tuesday. It's about eight and a half minutes after 2 p.m. I don't know if you can hear the rooster crowing in the background, but he's a little confused because it's not the crack of dawn. But it is about two minutes, eight minutes after 2 p.m., the new time. Those of you wondering... Uh, into Freedom Call. Freedom Call is now heard at 11 a.m. Freedom Call is still there. It's 11 a.m. now, though. All right, so it is Tuesday, and that means we've got Al from Colorado. He's here for the lightning round. Welcome, Al. Yes, our friend Hitlery is wanted on the hill, and she needs to go to jail because she wiped her server clean, didn't she, Hitlery? Yes, she did. Well, she needs to go to jail for, oh, let me count the ways, Al. But, you know, I mean, really. Should we go back to Watergate, We, could, go, we could probably go back further than that, but, I mean, you know, I mean, we could start there. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, <laughs> the, the thing is, Al, I, uh, see, I honestly really cannot imagine – Hillary being the nomination for uh, If she gets it, Frank, I really am thinking seriously of saying goodbye to the United States and Nazi America. Well, you're not a Democrat, are you? No, 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 no. I mean, I, you know, do you know any, though? I mean, how could they possibly, after all this, after all these years and this, this new thing now, because what she's done now is – Okay, so you try, oh look, white water, you know. Hey, you, forget you know. about the server, Frank Benghazi's enough to throw her in jail. Forget about the server. Well, I'm not. I think Benghazi might be enough to get her executed. You know, I mean, uh, you people, know what I'm people trying people to die say, there, yeah. Al. I mean, you know, if they were really to investigate that and say, hey, Hillary, you got a bunch of people killed here. You know, uh, uh, should we call that? Uh, Negligent homicide, let's call it. I think that's what they call that. Well, and, and you see, well, and that depends. That depends what the evidence shows. Was she negligent or did she do it on purpose? Did she have some reason to get rid of that ambassador? Because if she did, then it's murder. Well, then Al. that's, uh, then that's uh, intentional, and she needs to uh, sit on old Sparky or, yeah, or get an injection that's, you know, or something that's like murder. that. Yeah. And was it on but, Al? Does she have her own personal reasons? Because that would be murder. But what if, because everybody knows the Clintons and the Clinton Foundations and their campaigns personally receive lots of money from foreign oh, yeah, governments. from the foreign countries, yeah. You think there's a little bit of conflict of interest there, Frank? You, you know, because, Al, if she killed the ambassador by the benefit, for the benefit of a foreign entity, that's treason. Oh, absolutely. I think she and Billy and uh, the decider and his father and every one of them should all be in jail now. You know. At the very least. Oh. Oh, she's getting away with this garbage, Frank. Uh, You you know what she's going to probably do? They're going to probably throw softball questions at her, and uh, she'll say, well, I didn't know. Gee whiz, Frank, I didn't know. And okay, bye. I didn't know I had a, a private cell. Oh, I didn't know email. that I forgot that I, uh, I uh, what's his name, I, uh, I erased all my uh, 
the thing that bothers me, Frank, with NSA, uh, you know, doing a proctology and every person in this country, why don't they just go to NSA and say, give me all of Hillary's emails? Sure, they Period. got them. They, got they, don't need, they don't need Hillary's server. You know, the NSA's got them. The CIA's got them. The KGB's got them. Whatever they call their intelligence in China's got them. You know, those emails are there. They're, somebody's got them, and, and more than one somebody. Because, man, these guys are... All over the world, listening to everybody. MI5 in England's got them. They all everybody's got them. Everybody's got everybody's yeah. other information. I mean, Frank, there is no privacy. Rupert Murdoch's probably got them. Frank, you don't want your emails to be captured by somebody, then don't send any, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. That simple, Frank. If you don't want your emails to be read by Sammy, just don't 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 use email. Right. Well, like you know, well, you know. But then again, if you want to be Secretary of State. Your emails are supposed. You're supposed to know these are public records. Everybody's yeah, going to eventually get them. You're not supposed to have a private them. server in your in your uh, basement, Frank, or in your house. <laughs> you're not supposed to have a private no, server. No, you're not even supposed to delete emails if the regardless of what server they're on. You're never supposed to do that in the when they're official documents. Well, when you're working for Uncle Slammy, yeah, you're not supposed to. No, well, okay, Al. Let me ask you. Uh, you get word. Uh-oh, Al's being investigated. Let's say Al's been involved in some criminal activity, and he gets the word that he's going to be investigated, so Al goes and destroys his hard drive. And claims all his hard Guess drive what? off for what? You're not only going to be charged with your crime, Al. You're going to be charged with obstructing justice. You're going to be charged with interfering with a police investigation. You're going to be charged with destroying evidence. You're going to be charged with a whole bunch of other things, Al. Duh. You know, I mean, so what's going on here? I mean, now they say they want to put her under oath. You know, this is like for them not to for them to let you anybody know what? They're come gonna and ask her softball questions. They're not going to ask her anything of any importance. She's going to give the same answer she gave before. Well, I didn't know, and I those were my private emails, and I just removed them. Yeah, how about your uh, public emails and your state uh, your uh, State Department emails that you put on your server? She had she had sixty thousand private emails or whatever. Really? She deleted half of them. Or what about the thirty three thousand that are missing, Hillary? What we want to go through? She, it's, you're, it's, you're telling she's trying to make us believe that she sent 33,000 personal emails? How many friends does she have? I don't think she's got 33 personal friends, let alone 33,000. No, and, and everything, you know what? There is no such thing with Hillary Clinton as personal. It's all business. I don't care if she's talking to her daughter. They're always scheming to do something. Like I say, NSA has everything she's ever sent, so quit yeah. fooling around with the server and go after NSA and subpoena or summons NSA. We want every one of Hillary uh, Clinton's emails. Right, every and it's kind of she... funny that, you know, now that, you know, the Congress has supposedly done investigations about all this eavesdropping in the NSA. Why, why haven't they said, okay, Hillary, guess what? You, you, we don't need your server, Hillary. We're going to the NSA and we're right. telling them. And we're, we're going to put you in jail. NSA you know what, though? We want every one of Hillary's emails. You know what? Every last one. They of ought them. to say, and, and by the way, Hillary, you're going to go wait in jail for us to get those emails because we've already got you for obstructing of justice, destroying uh, uh, evidence, destroying government documents. You know, you're going to jail, and you can sit yeah, there and wait. What did she say about Benghazi? It doesn't mean anything. It means something to Chris Stevens. I guarantee it, it means something to him. What's it matter anyway is what she yeah, said. Yeah, it matters to the guy that got whacked. Yeah. Well, if it didn't matter any, uh, then why were we even there? 
Yeah. I mean, if it doesn't matter. You know, something, this business with consulates and and, uh, stuff in foreign countries, uh, what do we need that for? We don't even need consulates in foreign countries. No, the thing is, they they want to put her under oath now. And and the thing is, you know what? For them to let anybody talk to them. No, she's going to lie through her teeth anyway. Look what happened. Look what Hillary did. Uh, What did he say? He didn't have sex with that woman? Isn't that what Hillary said? Well, he also said it depends what is is, and they all yeah, want to Yeah, he said that piece of garbage. Yeah, yeah that, good point, that, Bill. Good point, Bill. You know, yeah, and, and okay, yeah. yeah, I get it. You know, I mean, he's he's pretty slick to say something like that. This is why they call him Slick Willie, because he is slick. Yeah. He's smart. Well, I guess we should call her Slick Hitlery then, too, because she get rubbed off on her. She's evidently. never had to do it. The only thing she's ever done is got up front of Congress and said, I don't recall, I don't remember, 80 times. Yeah. 80 well, times. she's going to do it another 80 times probably well, you now. you can bet. You can bet she'll say. I don't recall. Well, uh, this is garbage. I do not want to see Hitlery or Jeb Bush. No. None of them. I mean, even Dr. Ron Paul's kid is, uh, is, is I don't trust him at all either. Well, hey, and, and you know. Buddy, look, oh, wait a minute, Frank. Your buddy Rubio is going to uh, now announce it. Yeah. Your buddy you know, Rubio. Now we've got Cruz and Rubio yeah. in there. Who next? The Huckster B, is he going to go in there too? And Donald no, Trump? You know, the thing is, I look, as far as guys talking, I like what Ted Cruz says. Now, so now there's lots though. of people attacking his dad and attacking his mom and attacking, you know, all over, and that's fine. And, and I don't trust him because he is a U.S. senator, and you don't get there without being uh, – Well, wait a minute. Ted Cruz was the guy that said he wasn't going to sign up for Barry Care, and then he changed his mind, and now he's going to do it after he said he wasn't going to well, do yeah, it? Yeah, that and the just... fact that – look, the bottom line is, and I don't care what anybody says because they're wrong, and it's that simple. Ted Cruz was born in Canada, not a natural-born citizen. Congress can't make him a natural-born citizen. They can't write any laws to change the fact that he was born in Canada. He's not eligible. I don't care where his mommy and daddy were from. It doesn't matter. Natural-born means you were born in the United States of America, the fifth, one of the 50 states. That's it. Congress of the United States has one power and one power only when it comes to this, Anything they say is naturalization because it's the only power they have. So if you're relying on Congress, well, Congress says I was uh, a citizen at birth. Congress says that if my mommy and daddy were from here or there, then it's okay. Well, Congress says, well, Congress has one power. And if you're relying on Congress's decisions, then you are a naturalized citizen because they only have one power, and that's naturalization. They have no power yeah. to make somebody a natural-born citizen. Yes, you either are or you aren't. What? Look at the, the little pants here, born in Panama. Yeah. He, they should have kicked him out. He that's was right. Born, I don't care. It was a hospital that was on U.S. Uh, and it wasn't. Uh, okay, know. and here's the other thing. That was not U.S. territory, all right? There's a okay. difference between U.S. territory, like Guam and Puerto Rico, that's a yeah. territory. Okay, there's a right. difference between that and leased property. And yeah. that's what Panama was. Panama was leased. Well, it's, then he had no business. No. Did, what about no. Mittens? Was Mittens, is Mittens a, a natural born? Or yeah, not? yeah, he was. His dad was the one born in Mexico. Okay. You know, I mean. But he was born in one of the 50 states. Now, let me tell I you think. something. Now, and, and people can argue and say blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter. Congress doesn't have the power to make somebody natural born. You either are or you're not. They can naturalize anybody they like. But mm-hmm. 
So you they know, can't make you natural born. No, and, and let me, you know what? Remember the guy named General MacArthur? Yeah. Well, he was commander of the Philippines before World War II started. Japanese chased him out of there, if you remember, and then said, I will return. Right. Right. Yeah. But while he was there, before World War II started, his, he got his wife pregnant, right? Okay. What did he do? Did, did he have his, his baby in the Philippines? No. He sent her back to the United States so she could have her baby in one of the 50 states. Fine. Why? Because, you know, because guys the like, right way. Because guys like MacArthur know, hey, you know, my kid, I'm a big-time general. My kid might want to get into politics. He might want to be president. That's possible yeah. for a guy no, like that. He's, he's got to go to the new United States before it was Nazi America. That's yeah. right. You know, so, see, he knew, and now they just they don't want to do that. Uh, I want to live in Spain, and I want to live here, and I want to live wherever I want to live, and I want to be U.S. president. Well, you know, what the Congress is saying, if mommy and daddy, either mommy or daddy, was born in the United States, and they're in Italy, it doesn't matter because you're still a, a, a natural born. And that's what Congress is telling and us, right? That, and that's fine. The Congress can say, but they can't make you natural born. They can only naturalize you. They don't have the power to do anything except naturalization. Uh-huh. You see, you, you can't just make up, I've got powers. I've just decided I'm giving myself power. Oh, yes, and they're also sp- supposed to be, Barry, the only ones who, who handle immigration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Barry? And they're the only ones to pay for stuff, too, but uh, that doesn't seem to be... Oh, Barry doesn't care. Barry just has a Barry has a telephone and a pen, right? Or an auto pen or whatever. Yeah, that's, yeah not even stuff. a pen. He doesn't even need a pen. He has a machine that does it for him, just like he has a machine. Oh, yeah, Barry took a little... Trip to Florida again for another couple hundred million dollars, a hundred thousand dollars on Saturday over the week, last week. Is that all? You know? That all. A hundred thousand? He usually spends millions. Well, no, no. It cost it. Well, let's put it this way: by the time Barry took his trip and came back, it probably cost anywhere from a half to a, a whole million dollars for Barry to take his little trip. I think Barry should be, be forced to take uh, commercial airlines, just like the rest of us, Barry. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, I got a better idea. Why doesn't Uncle Sam just rent a, a, a plane 707 or a 737? And that's what your plane is, Barry. You're not going to use the expensive plane to go to Florida, Barry. Mm. Well, you know, he doesn't. You know, that plane, that big. Uh, Barry just sure shouldn't be able to take any trip he wants to anywhere. Oh, yeah. And Mrs. Mrs. Barry, where is she now? She's in, uh, in Japan or in the Orient or in. Who knows, Thailand or wherever she went. Well, maybe they're, you know, I uh, hopefully they'll get a pilot that's depressed and on antidepressants, and they'll fly her in the Oh, wait a minute. Did you hear the best thing? They found the flight data recorder, but surprise, Frank, the card was missing. There's nothing in the flight data recorder. Oh, person. really? They found the flight data recorder. Yes, they found the black box, but surprise of surprises, the card was missing. The memory card was sure. missing. So guess what, Frank? We don't know what happened to that plane because the card is, quote, missing. Sure. How'd that happen, Al? Oh, gee whiz, Frank, I know you're just I thought you're these just black shocked. boxes were supposed to be indestructible, Al. 
Well, guess what, Frank? Somebody took the card out of the box before they before they uh, told you they found it, Frank, huh? You think, huh? You think, huh? I mean, like they found it, took it out, and said, oh, look, here, it's missing a card. And, and we're yeah, supposed to believe Yeah, yeah, you think, Frank? Uh, who do they well, think they're kidding, the Frank? The thing Come is, on. everybody involved should be arrested in, the, in that case. Everybody there should be arrested because one of you took it, and until one of you gives it up, you're all going to go to jail. I agree. But nobody is. Nobody's going to jail, Al. Nobody's going to do anything. No. They're just going to, you know, and what do you think they found? What do you, what, and, and there's no way we I can I guarantee you they found the black box, and it very conveniently, somebody opened it up when nobody was looking in, trashed the card, Frank. You know that the card sure. just doesn't fall out of a box, Frank. Not the black box. Like I said, it's supposed Frank, to be the black box was built like a brick you-know-what house. Yeah, well, it's supposed to survive a plane crash, okay? Yes, that's why it's built like a brick you-know-what house. You know, this thing's supposed to be able to be blown up, crushed into a mountain, and still work. That's you know? right. And the card is supposed to be in it, Frank. The card doesn't fall out of it, Frank. No, it doesn't. So what do you think What do you think was on it that they don't want us to know? I think there's all kinds of stuff. Oh, and by the way, the thing where the guy couldn't get into the, guess what? I just heard this uh, yesterday or the day before. The supposed locking of the uh, the regular pilot out. In five minutes, it doesn't matter what the schmuck inside the cockpit did. He could still get into the cockpit because it only takes a few minutes to unlock it from outside. So the, uh, the locking out of the cockpit is a, is a bunch of hooey, Frank. Well, why would the guy want to go crash into a mountain then? I mean, I'd want in there. Uh, they said he was suicidal. They said he was on this. They said he was taking. Why didn't the people who did the shrink, why didn't the shrink tell the airlines or Lufthansa or German Wings, this guy is a nutcase, don't let him fly anymore. They're culpable, Frank. Oh, absolutely. And they said they found a pile of, uh, uh, you know, uh, psychiatric drugs at his house, too. Oh, oh, along with, they also said... The shrink shrink who uh, did the shrinking on the co-pilot should have gone to the airline and said, guess what, this guy isn't fit to fly. His flying days are over, period. Al, uh, when they went to his apartment, they they found a big pile of, uh, you know, what they said, a small mountain is what they called it. Um, Oh, wait a minute. They said they didn't find the suicide note, but that he was suicidal or he was depressed. That's what they said. Or they said he wasn't suicidal. Who knows what they said? Well, they said that he, uh, they found a big pile of uh, meds, all psychiatric stuff, and then they also, of course, took his computer and they found out that he likes to cruise homosexual sex sites. Oh, they also, somebody said he also, they, they tried to claim, and this is not proven, he converted. Converted to what? What do you think? Oh, Rack okay. time. Because you know what? He was a flight attendant before he was a uh, pilot. And you know yeah. what his nickname was? What was his nickname? Tomato Andy. What kind of a name is that? Okay, now, I see, I had never heard of this either, but it's pretty clever. It's a German. Well, is this in the gay community now if you're a tomato or something? It's a German, it's a German uh, phrase yeah. that they call homos that are pretending to be straight. They call them, to- oh. they call them tomatoes because 
everybody oh, thinks really? of, everybody thinks of a tomato as a vegetable, but it's really oh, a yeah, fruit. Oh yeah, but it's really a fruit. That's right. right. Yes. And that's this is why they call uh, homos who are pretending Frank, to be straight tomatoes. We're never going to hear the truth on this one, Frank. This is just like all the other stuff. Gee, we're not going to hear the truth on a whole lot of things now. Hey, we're not hearing the truth on, on Boston. We're not hearing the truth on Sandy Hook. Swine 11, we're not hearing the truth. We're not hearing the truth on Oakey City. None of it. Are we? No, we're not hearing the truth of, uh, you know, about Hillary, about Benghazi. About, I mean, gosh, Al, we could spend a week going about all the things uh, we don't hear the truth about. Frank? My biggest fear, and I and I do think this is going to happen next year. It's going to be Hitlery and uh, and the decider's brother. That's what I'm afraid of. Oh yeah, you've got let's see, Fat Boy from New Jersey. Okay, he's in there. Huckster B, Donald Trump. Uh, what's his name? Doctor Rod's kid. And who else? Cruz and. Uh... A Cruz and the Rubio. Oh, hey, Bernie Sanders is going to run, too. Oh, you mean good old commie Bernie yeah, Sanders? Yeah, Barry, yeah, yeah. Barry's commie friend. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and Bernie's saying we should bust up these big banks, which I got to agree with him on that. You well, know? Bernie's got something right. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, you know, when you're right, you're right. I mean, I got to say, well, okay, so that's the best idea I've heard so far, although I well, don't trust Bernie Sanders. They're we're going to have to wait for Bernie anyway, folks, because it's that time. It's break time, folks. That's true. It is break time, so we'll take a break, and we'll be back in a few. Hot gal is red, hot gal and
poor neighbor. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children. They all need what you need for a day, bed, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box to your friends. 330 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas. The zip code is 51. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. Organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe, all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is the 31st of March, 2015. It's Tuesday. It's about 38 minutes past 2 p.m. Pacific time, new time. Okay, if you are just tuning in and expecting to hear Freedom Call, you'll have to go back to 11 a.m. Call. These are the new times, so there you have it. There it is. All right, you can call in 855-566-3738. That's toll-free. You can also go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Everything you need to know about the network is there, and if you want to participate in the show, you can go to the chat room, which look for the chat link, click it, follow the instructions, which are easy because they amount to picking password, put in your email, and bang. Unless you've deleted all your email and uh, shut down your servers, you'll have an email. Anyway, so uh, there were a couple of guesses about the songs in the uh, chat room. Uh, The first one was Billy Lee Riley and his Little Green Men. Okay? That's a little obscure, I suppose. But anyway, that was it. Rose Red Hot, and then the second one is uh, the title Nobody Knows, and it was done by somebody I play quite often is H-Bomb Ferguson, so there you have it, there it is. It is Tuesday, and that means we've got Al from Colorado here for the lightning round. Welcome back, Al. Yeah, well, I want to talk about this uh, religious freedom thing in Indiana. Okay. My understanding, Frank if I don't want to hire somebody because they're a faggot, it has nothing to do with my religion. That's my First Amendment choice. I can say under the freedom of speech, I don't want to hand. It's got nothing to do with religion, Frank. Well, uh, it does for some people. I think that's what it's about. People don't have to hire somebody based upon their religious uh, thing. They can still uh, sell to them or, you know, can do business with them. Actually, Al, it's more, you've got it pretty much backwards because... Oh, I do? Yeah, because... Explain it to me once Well, I'm a little confused. The the thing is that the the states have, and and there's like 31 states with this identical law, so it's not just Indiana. You know, they're just making a big deal about it because the homos have got their little panties in an uproar. Because the thing is that all these states have laws that, look, you can't discriminate in hiring people, okay, you know, based on – and if – now, Indiana does not have – they do not include sexual orientation. You can't not hire somebody because they're black. You can't not hire somebody because they're a woman, okay? You can't do that. That's discrimination. But they do not include sexual orientation in Indiana, which is great. Okay. But okay. what it really means and what how it applies in, in most of the states, whether or not they have that in their employment rules or not, is the fact that I'm free to do or not do business with anyone I choose. You can't force me to sell a wedding cake to a homo couple. That's right. You know, I'm, I mean, and I can say, look, uh, I believe marriage. Can they force you to hire a faggot, though, no. Frank? Well, I don't know in Indiana. See, I, I don't know now. See, they, that's where I'm a little confused. I figured out, okay, you're gay. I'm not providing you a service based upon my religious conviction because of your sexual 
sexual orientation. Not because you're a woman or you're black. I don't have any problem with that. But because of your sexual orientation, I don't want to have anything to do with you. And that's my First Amendment right, regardless of whether it's religious or not. Well, and and the First Amendment is, you know, it's free speech and religion, okay? So the First Amendment, it has the whole thing. You know, and 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 everybody in America believes in freedom of association also, that I I can associate myself with anybody I like and not associate myself with anybody I like. But what this revolves around is really this fact that, look, in my religion, I believe marriage is between a man and a woman. Therefore, you are, are an assault to my religion. To say that you're married, to say that you're, you know, and you want a wedding cake, forget it. You're not getting it from me. It's against my well, religion. Well, well, I'm not doing you it. You can't force me to do it. You can't force me to do it. The state can't force me to do well, it. Well, the state actually passed a law that says, hey, nobody can force you to do it because, uh, you know, if it's against your religion. And But you make a good point, Al, that, look, if you're going to say religion, then that's part of the First Amendment. What about the rest of the First Amendment? Yeah, what about the uh, right to, to, to uh, you know, to speak your mind? Al, I grew up in an America where businesses used to have signs up that said, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone. And that still should be the case today. It should. It should. I, you know, hey, you know what? And if you go to a place that, look, they don't want homos, and why would homos want to go someplace they're not wanted? That's right. I mean, why would anybody? If they said to me, hey, we don't want anybody named Frank in here, and uh, that. Well, why would I want to go in there? I mean, what, what to be around a bunch hey, of people that don't want. We don't want anybody born in New Jersey. We don't want anybody who uh, who who owns American Voice Radio in this in this store. Right. So why would I want to go there? That's right. You know, I mean, you, you know, take your business somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's and I have, I've encouraged people on this radio station, and I will continue to do so. That you know what. You keep your eyes peeled, folks, and just sitting there griping about stuff isn't good enough. You see a business that says, oh, we support homos. Oh, really? Well, well guess what? Then I'm not going to what's his name. Then I'm not going to patronize you. That's right. And write them a letter and tell them so. I'm not coming here anymore. I just want you to know why. And then don't do it. Because you know That's what? Right. Let that store be supported by the 1% or 2% of homos in the country. They'll be out you know of business maybe, for you. Maybe quick. the founders should have also put in the First Amendment the right to associate or not associate with who you want to. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that was left out. Now, wait a minute. Now, somebody now wants to amend the law, and he wants to clarify it and make it so no business can deny service to anyone. Oh. And I think this I think the person in the chat room is actually in Indiana. Ask them if they are. Chat room person, say if you're in Indiana tell Frank if you're in Indiana or not. Yeah, yeah, because uh but because he's saying they had him on a uh, a live AM radio show it's today. Over here on uh, on the Mickey Mouse thing, Pence has got uh, what is it saying here? Uh Mike Pence says he could have handled religious freedom law better is what it's saying here. No, Indiana needs to just uh, just stop trying hey, to placate the homo. I got a business. If I see you and your boyfriend coming in and kissing, I'm going to tell you to leave. 
That's right. We don't serve you people. If you don't like it, leave, and you can go sue if you want to. I'm tired of this thing, Frank, with gay rights and this kind of rights and that kind of rights. These people don't have any other special rights than any of the rest and of yes, the And, yes, the chat uh, the, in the chat room is commenting is in Indiana. You know, so uh, well, I think people have to have the right to refuse or to refuse to hire anybody because of sexual orientation. Well, why shouldn't they? I mean, look, if I start a business, why should I be forced to do, you know, hire anybody? If I don't want you as part of my business, why should I have you as part of my business? And besides, as a business owner, you've got to take on some ideas here that say, well, now, wait a minute. If you're a homo... Uh, you know, and I know you're not bringing disease in. To well, the there's that, but regardless of whatever my political or religious feelings are, uh, you know, there is the business aspect of this. You are more susceptible to disease. You die 20 years younger than everybody else. You could end up costing me a lot more money in health care. I mean, businesses now, what do they tell you, Al? Oh, well, gee, uh, you know, we don't hire anybody that smokes cigarettes. Well, cigarettes are a legal product. Now, I don't endorse smoking cigarettes. I think it's a stupid idea. But if you do, there are businesses that are – We don't want you, Frank. It's that simple, Frank. Oh, Frank, you're a smoker. Well, go to find a business that allows smoking, Frank. No, but no. Al, there are businesses now that are saying, obviously, none of them allow smoking, you know, at the job. But now there are businesses that say, if you smoke anywhere, even on your own time, you're fired. And that's if okay? You're if you're a smoker and you only smoke in your house and you smoke outside the business, can, can, can Frank still say, we don't want you or not? They are. Well, then I guess they have the right to do it. You know why, Al? I think, no, I think if the, well, first of all, the smokers don't live as long as the non-smokers either. Some of them do, but they're very rare. Let's put it this way, Frank. I have to have the ability to say, you you practice this particular habit. I don't like it. We don't want you. Well, I, I believe that, too. I mean, yeah, if I if it's my business or I've been put in charge by whoever owns the business, it's his business. You know, hey, right. look, he doesn't man, want uh, anybody smoking in the business. He doesn't want people who smoke, people who, even if they only smoke in their own okay. houses. Here, here's, here's something, Al. Uh, this is from Forbes. My former employer, the University of Pennsylvania Health System, no longer hires tobacco users. It has joined a growing group of employers, including many health systems, that discriminate against smokers on the grounds that such employees cost the employer money. So what, imagine our surprise. Well, okay, if that's allowed, then I'm not hiring any homosexuals because you're going to cost me money. That's right. You know, I don't like your behavior. No, what, what I don't care about whether I like you. No, 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 no. If I hire you as a gay person and you put your hands on somebody who doesn't want to be touched, I can get sued and lose my business now, can I, Frank? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, Al, you know, I mean, if they can discriminate like that against one group, then okay, fine. If that's how it's going to be, 
And you know what, Al? It should be allowed. If I don't want to hire smokers, then fine. I'm not gonna. If I don't want to hire, if I, if I don't want to hire homos, then I won't. If I don't want to hey, hire, Frank, whoever, I'm a big alcohol. I drink a lot of beer at home, Frank, and I'm telling you this. I do drink alcohol, Frank. And Frank says, "Guess what, Al? You're a drinker. Well, I don't want you." Yeah, I mean, if I want to do that, fine. I mean, it is my business. You have to have the ability to control your business, Frank. That's what it boils down to. Let's forget the religious garbage. Let's forget everything. I don't want you in here. End of story. I have the right to discriminate, period. Yeah, it's my business. If it was your business, you could fire me. But it's not. (laughs) You know, it's my business. But, Al... Look at the country you live in. You say that, hey, a business owner needs the right to control his own business, and I agree. But then again, don't parents need the right to control their own children? And they're not oh, being allowed to do no, that, no, are they? No, Frank, if we catch you spanking your kid in public, Frank, what do you think we're going to do to your kid, Frank? We're going to take him away from you, Well, Frank. I'll put you in jail. You know, I mean, not just take him away. We're going to have to take him away because we're putting you in jail. Oh, Oh, yeah, you think not, Al? You get, go ahead, you know, you go and spank a kid Oh, in public, Frank, man. let me put it to you this way. You'd be lucky if they don't put you in front of a firing squad. Oh, yeah, you'd be 50 different ways of in jail. jail with that. You know, you'll have five, ten different charges against you. Frank, I'm get, uh, Frank, this, this political correctness, when you and I were growing up back in the 60s or whatever, Frank, in the 70s, we didn't have this political garbage, Frank. We had none of this stuff. And you didn't have the right to complain. Well, sure, you had the right to complain if well, you, you wanted, but everybody yeah, told you, hey, you shut up. up. <laughs> you don't have the right to go. Now they're pandering to the uh, Muslims. Now, oh, uh, we're not going to serve uh, pork in Mickey D's because the Muslims get offended. We can't have a pork sandwich now. Oh, really? Oh, yes. Did you know about that? No, but that's fine that's because, restaurant. you know what? Oh, no, 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 no. That's no. fine. That's fine. Make the restaurant going out of business. To the Muslims, you don't like it, go back to Islamabad. You don't have to have any pigs. You don't even have, you, you know what? You don't have to order the pork, okay? That's order right. chicken. If you don't like it, leave. Well, this that, is our yeah. menu. We serve pork and we serve pig products here. And if you don't like it, that's too damn bad about you. Excuse my friend. Well, yeah, and that's the whole thing. You know, it's just the same thing as the homos. Hey, you know what? We serve pork here. Screw all you Muslims. You don't like it? Go go shop somewhere go else. Go somewhere else where there is no pork. You know, do you really think now, okay, some places like Dearborn, Michigan are probably supported by it. And if you have a restaurant in Dearborn, Michigan, well, fine then. Don't serve pork. You know, I mean, look, if you got to know your – look, and, and hey, like like homo bars, right? Well, I'm never going into one of those places, so fine. It doesn't offend me that they exist. I mean, it does, but so what? I, I can be offended like everybody, anybody else. You can be offended, change. Frank, but you don't have the right not to be offended. No, and it doesn't change anything. So, fine, I'm offended, I'm and, you and they have. I'm glad you mentioned uh, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, Frank. Uh-huh. Hold on, I'm, I'm pulling this thing up here. Hold on, I think it's uh, There is a sign outside of this Islamic church or mosque. Ready for this? See if I can find it here. Here it is. Advancement of Islamic Agenda for America. This is a sign in Dearborn, Michigan, okay? 
Allah be praised. America, we will kill you all and nothing you can do to stop it. Allah be praised. This is a sign that's outside of this institution in Dearborn, Michigan, Frank. Well, you know, the Muslims have been destroyed every single time they've tried to have a war against anybody. Well, I'm so, going to you know, tell you something. I think that they should be kicked out of this country. I don't care. They don't belong here. This is not an Islamic country. Uh, they did some kind of a thing of a call to prayer on one of the college campuses. Now, when they do their call to prayer in the morning or in the evening or whatever. Yeah, like five and times they do, a day. And they use the church to do it. Well, you know, I mean, well, I, you know what? I don't they care what anybody things. believes. I don't care what anybody believes, Al, but you see, the problem is this is a country that says you are allowed to believe whatever you want to believe. But, but don't force it on anybody else. Well, right? and, and it also, you can't stop somebody else from believing what they want to believe. I'm okay. not saying I can't do I'm not Well, I know, but the thing is, it. the Muslims do, and it's in there. It's part of their religion. If they think that we're going to believe like the way that we they want us to believe, then they can be shown the door, period. And if they don't like it, that's what I'm saying. Get rid of all of them, every last one of them. You don't like it? Oh, you want us to believe like you believe? Well, that's too bad. Leave. Well, now... I mean, I'm looking at this sign, Frank. I mean, I, I'll tell you what. If I was in Dearborn, Michigan, that sign would have been burned to the ground, Frank. Well, and that's the, the whole thing. You know, them. look, what happened in Michigan, Al, was all the uh, Americans lost their jobs and had to go elsewhere to find work. So the leeches the parasites that the federal government has moved in here took over. Well, Barry wants to move another 23,000 leeches or parasites in there. Did you hear about that? Well, uh, what is it, the uh, refugees from, uh, what is it, uh, Yemen, I think. Oh, great. So we run around the country destroying everybody's place to live so they can come here. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's first great. of all, first of all, Frank, we have no business. I I'll say this again for the umpteenth time. I am not against the United States military, but the military is being used as the thugs for the bankers and the international corporations. That's what the well, military is. Well, you know, I, I don't know They're what not protecting us. I don't know what this government's thinking too, because obviously the military is the strong arm of the federal government. And the thing is, though, now the federal government's talking about cutting their retirement by twenty percent. You think oh, that's yeah, going to make them happy? Yeah. Well, maybe they should all quit. Maybe they should all say, yeah, you know what? How about we go grab Barry and drag him out of the White House and put him on yeah, trial in a military tribunal? Ago. How, about we put him, how about we put him in a military tribunal? I mean, seeing as how he is the commander-in-chief and all, uh, you know, he doesn't get a civilian trial. He gets a military trial, which that's are, right. and they're yeah. pretty swift. And you do end up. And I think Barry, we got enough goods on Barry to try him for treason. You know what the penalty for treason is, too, don't you? Well, especially in the time of war, and we got what? What do we got? Ten, twenty wars going on? Maybe more. <laughs> you know, I mean, we've been yeah. adding wars onto yeah. this thing yeah. since. Before we run out of time, Frank, we only have a couple of minutes left. I want to talk about this uh, Jay Helm thing. Okay. I think they started early because they just finished up last week in uh, what's-his-name. They had all kinds of helicopters in Fort Lauderdale scaring the people at 3 o'clock in the morning. Really? 
Oh, yes. And a friend of mine who lives in a place that is uh, in Colorado that I will not say, it says that they've been uh, doing nighttime operations right down the road from him all hours of the night. Well, which is not being put into the mainstream news, of course. Well, sure, they're probably doing things all over the place that they're not telling anybody. But you know what? One one of these days, something bad's going to happen, and they're going to be messing around in some Frank, neighborhood. They're going to open you know, the wrong door. They're going to break the wrong door down, and twenty or thirty SWAT boys are going to die. And maybe they'll finally get the idea that people are getting tired of having their doors broken in at two o'clock in the morning. You yeah. Think, Frank? Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, absolutely. Isn't there something called the Fourth Amendment, Frank, where you're not supposed to be? No, I'll tell you, there's two things that, uh, that need to be gotten rid of. No-knock warrants and asset, civil asset forfeiture, which is nothing but legalized stealing, right? Well, no-knock, and then they've got their sneak-and-peek warrants where they break into your house and just sneak around oh, while you're not Oh, yeah, there. well, that's under the Patriot Act, Frank. You get your house broken into, they can look around, and they don't have to tell you at all. Well, they better hope they don't break into the house when somebody's actually there waiting on them. Well, I'll tell you what, like I say, I want to see 20, 30, or 40 more SWAT members uh, become worm food, and like I say... Because I'd like to see idea. how they justify that. If they break into somebody's house and start sneaking around in that homeowner's home, and they end up killing them all... I like to see oh, how they justify that and say, oh, well, yeah. uh, you know, uh, well, uh, well, uh, well, uh, well, uh, yeah, well, oh, uh, what? Oh, the wrong address? Yeah, how am I supposed about... to, and how am I supposed to know the difference between a burglar and you? Yeah. I don't care who you are. If you're wearing a uniform or you're wearing a mask, you're, you're a thug. End of story. I'm going to kill you. Well, End that's of story. True. I agree. You know, that's self-defense, and I believe everybody is entitled to that right. Al, we are out. Of, we are out of time. We are again. out of time. We will see you next week, Frank. All right, see you next week, Al. Thanks for Bye -bye. being on, folks. I'll see you again tonight, 8 p.m. Uh, we got good stuff coming up, so don't go anywhere. As always, thanks for listening. Everybody, how you doing? This is Hesh. This is Health Talk. I'm going to give you some updates. You guys know, since Berg uh, was here a couple of weeks ago, I've been contacted many times. He refused to comply with where we could substantiate the fact that the FDA would take back the feds gave us to do our rail system to stick with steel on steel. And that was corroborated by deal number two, Ernie Martin. I sent him an email and I asked him, uh, he 
Jack Anderson had no clue. Could he please tell me the source, you know, where that was in writing? And he has not replied either. So I told him, that's okay. Don't knock yourself out. Uh, the time will come when you get subpoenaed. Then we'll get the answer. Then we'll know the truth. But a lawsuit will not be ensued until the tax is permanently extended. That's when the lawsuit goes into effect. So just stay tuned, and this can be really exciting to see what happens. But the point is, why do we elect duplistic, lying people to, well, that's what definition of a politician is. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have even asked the question. Okay, so getting on, you guys all, you know, you've heard me talk about so many times the movie uh, Soylent Green. <laughs> well, it's coming to fruition. I hate to say that, and, and it's not being done by Monsanto, and they are going to be so ticked off that they aren't going to be able to open up the first Southern Green factory. So what happened was there was this person living in uh, Seattle, and her name was, is, not was, she's still alive, Katrina Spade. And she came up with a solution for food production. And what she, what her, her theory is, is to convert the recently deceased human into nutritious compost to feed the food crops. And believe it or not, the project is called the Urban Death Project. And it describes the process of turning dead human beings into food. And this is this is what they say. This this is the thing. Urban Death Project is a compost-based renewal system. At the heart of the project is a three-story core, which bodies carbon materials are placed. Over the span of a few months, with the help of aerobic decomposition and microbial activity, the bodies decompose fully, leaving a rich compost. The Urban Death Project is not simply a system for turning our bodies into soil-building material. It is also a space for the contemplation of our place in the natural world and a ritual to help us say goodbye to our loved ones by connecting us with the cycles of nature. Death Project website describes the project as a nonprofit 501c and a fundraising effort uh, is due to launch at the end of the month, okay? Now, <laughs> okay, I, 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 it's like crazy. Human sewage waste post, okay?
compost products are sold in the big box stores across America right now. Products are derived from so-called biosolids, whatever that means, which are sourced from human waste sludge that are mixed with other biomass sources like dried leaves and plant waste. Okay, yes. So in America today, you buy compost from the big box stores, or even directly from some cities, growing your garden vegetables in composted human waste. <laughs> the Urban Death Project, they want to take it one step further. They, instead of just composting the doo-doo and the sewage from humans, compost the entire bodies of the deceased and turn them into nutrients for urban food production. Now, I don't know why they didn't call it Urban Death Project. You just could have called it Soil and Green. That would have explained everything. But from an environmental perspective, the idea of composting human bodies for plants really isn't as strange as it might sound. I mean, the, a more the more bizarre ritual I don't know how to put this, but the far more bizarre ritual of pumping dead bodies full of embalming fluids and burying them in overpriced luxury caskets full of synthetic resins and fibers and then the embalming fluids, which are so toxic to the planet, seem more respectful to put a body of a deceased person in the ground and let nature run its course. I mean, the body, we, we know the body is a vehicle. The body is a vehicle for the driver, which at the time of physical death, the driver leaves the body. body is over, why not simply return the body to the earth, you know, as in a nat as natural state as possible, okay? So that, that I, can, I can understand that, but the composting, is it really safe to compost the body? Okay, now understand. I mean, it's like, hmm, where did this stuff come from? So composting creates heat. Viruses and bacteria. And the research into mortality composting of livestock found that the temperature inside the compost reaches 140 degrees Fahrenheit which is high enough to kill off pathogens. So far, so good. So farmers using mortality composting in order to safely dispose of their dead livestock, as well as to control odor and runoff. So the Urban Death Project is fine-tuning the process 
to be appropriate and meaningful for humans in the urban setting. But the problem is that the compost heap does not eliminate toxic heavy metals or toxic chemicals. It also does not eliminate prions, which are the proteins associated with mad cow disease. So if you look at the average urban, which is city dweller's body, basically, when you think about it, it's nothing more than a toxic stew of lead and cadmium and mercury and fluorine, AKA fluoride, pesticides and other chemicals. You understand? This, so that is prevalent. It's like, I remember years ago on Natural News, he, uh, he did a cartoon with two sharks that were swimming in the ocean and you know there were other creatures and there was a diver so one shark says to the other so why are we not supposed to eat humans anymore and the other shark says oh, because they contain toxic levels of mercury thanks to all the fillings in their teeth i mean it was funny you know what i mean it, it was a funny joke it was a funny cartoon that the sharks are warned not to eat the humans because of all the toxic mercury found in the teeth. Now, it's not a joke. You understand that the typical city dweller living in America, an attritiously high level of toxic mercury in their teeth. On top of that, they, they have also bioaccumulated high levels of lead, cadmium, arsenic, and other toxic heavy metals, which persist during composting. So lead is bound to calcium in the human skeletal system. And as those bones decompose, they, they release the lead, which becomes part of the composted soil. So the lead, in turn, is taken up by the plant roots and put into the food crops to be eaten by other humans. So basically, composting human bodies, in other words, would concentrate the toxic heavy metals and chemicals, which are already causing a wave of degeneration and disease around the world. I mean, if you look at it, the mass of a modern human body would be considered environmentally hazardous by the EPA if it were water. And that's because we, because of our diet, because of exposure to vaccines, because of our exposure to chemtrails, because of our of the standard American diet, they then concentrate the toxins of modern agriculture, animal feed, toxic medicines, and the toxic home building materials. Urban Death Project advocates precisely 
the kind of activity which would concentrate those toxic heavy metals to higher and higher levels in the food supply. And, and, and basically what they're saying is that the loved ones of the deceased are encouraged to take the compost back to their own yards and gardens. Compost would be used to nourish the site, and the city parks would use it to fertilize the plants and the trees, and this way the dead are folded back into the fabric of the city. Now, <laughs> what they don't get, and I've known a lot of people throughout the years that have done testing on food and water and heavy metals and things that they do out of curiosity or out of research is they test hair samples and they compare the hair of a human to the hair of an animal. And they find hair 100 times the heavy metals of the ranch animal hair. And it was especially noticeable for mercury, which is inhaled for mercury dental fillings, which they call silver fillings, and then eliminated by the body through the hair, through the urine, through the feces, and so on. Then they find high mercury levels in the hair of people who had mercury fillings. And that's because the mercury fillings cause mercury contamination of the bloodstream that feeds the hair follicles. But the point is that if the Urban Death Project wants to use human bodies as compost, it's going to end up growing extremely contaminated food that's loaded with toxic heavy metals and synthetic chemicals, and this will unleash an accelerating death spiral as the next generation eats the toxic food grown in the toxic compost of the previous generation, and with each successive generation, the concentrations of toxic toxicity rises and becomes more dangerous to the health of the community. So it's not rocket science to realize that if you grow food using composted human bodies that are contaminated with toxic heavy metals, you'll wind up with a toxic food supply that causes even more disease and death. And this is not in any way respectful of the natural cycles of life. It is really a spiral of toxicity and death that will only concentrate the toxic heavy metals with each obliteration of dead bodies being composting in the system. So from a scientific point of view, if a society is composting human bodies and human waste back into the food supply, that same society is inadvertently accumulating heavy metals into higher and higher concentrations, 
mind. You can meditate for a lifetime. You'll never be able to change mercury into zinc or lead into gold. So system, you have to use physical solutions like growing plants that are especially good at latching on to toxic elements in the soil. So this urban death project, as much as it appears to be coming from a place of holistic intentions, is nevertheless a bona fide projected death project that will create widespread sickness and death if it's carried out as, as it's currently envisioned, you know? Crazy. I mean, just, <laughs> I mean, composting, it, it, if this thing could, could become forced euthanasia, of course, there's a whole realm of ethics. Let's talk about ethics for a minute. In China, got black market organs are readily bought and sold for profit. And political prisoners are routinely arrested, you know, like that Falun Gong members, groups like that. They're routinely arrested, they're imprisoned, and they are killed for their fresh organs. So the corrupt members of the government commit false arrest for the purpose of padding their own pockets with the profits of those organs as they're sold for black market transport, transplants. And anyone who thinks there's no such thing as a black market for organ transplants, you should look into the medical history of Steve Jobs. Seriously. <laughs> the guy from Apple. And so in this society where this urban death project provides a substantial portion of the nutrients needed to grow food that keeps members of the society well-fed, it's not difficult to imagine that a young, hungry population invoking democracy to achieve a majority vote for the forced euthanasia of the elderly so their bodies can be tossed into the composter. I mean, look, today's society already lost sight of the concept of individual rights and human rights as protected by the Bill of Rights. Push for vaccine mandates, for example, is predicted on the, on the frightening idea that the state owns and controls your body and that any medical intervention desired by the brainwashed masses can be forced upon people against their will, even if it's dangerous and even if it's deadly. All the human depopulation talk coming out of the mouths of people like Ted Turner and Bill Gates, it's not difficult to imagine a world where the citizens are required to turn themselves over to the recyclers when they reach the age of 65 or whenever the government decides it can no longer afford to keep sending out Social Security checks and Medicare reimbursements. And that's how the Urban Death Project, despite being paved with good intentions, could very easily become the Urban Mass Death Project that's used by the government to, to greenwash mass murder. <laughs> Soil and green, right around the corner, baby. <laughs> oh, God, it's so exciting. I can't wait. 524-1080. Hello. Hey, Ash, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm 
morbid. Holy cow. Yeah, can you believe it? <laughs> hey, I was just going to mention that about this. We just got to get that Stony Green factory going to eliminate all that, you know? Golly, they'll have plenty of food. Yeah, I would think, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, I, 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 joke about, I joke about that stuff so much. Oh, yeah. And and now it's it's actually a reality? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's that is so crazy. And what do you think about the thing that's going on with Kaika Anderson and Ernie Martin? They, they, you know, all I did was ask him a simple question. Do you know? that? Okay. Call Kaika Anderson Pinocchio. <laughs> okay. Because he made a statement years ago. If we, Hawaii, yeah. elected to change our rail system from steel on steel, the FTA would take back the $200 million that was given to us for the rail project. Oh, That's what he said. And that was corroborated by Pinocchio to Ernie Martin. <laughs> so... Ikaike Anderson, please why I call him Pinocchio. Yeah. So, so then I sent an email to Ernie Martin, and I said, since must have access of that statement. Mm -hmm. Now, even though it may have come out of the mouth of a guy at the FTA, he come from a policy or a document or something. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So could you please tell me I can substantiate that in writing, total, total ignoring whoever. So I was talking with um, people that are really upset about this whole thing that we're getting screwed, glued, and tattooed because uh, I just, just for example, and you know, it's just, just I, I hate politics. So me too. Well. Orlando, Florida, system called Maglev. Oh, okay. Okay, Maglev. Now, yep. Hawaii's system is 28 miles, 28 stations. I got it correctly. And so far, steel on steel is in the billions. Oh. Orlando, Florida went with Maglev 20 miles and 20 stations cost them probably a couple of billion. 600 million. That's it? Oh. Yeah. So here we are in a situation where now they want to expend, extend the sales tax, the increase in the sales tax, which they gave us that extra half a percent.
program, which was supposed to be reversed last year, they want to extend it indefinitely. Yeah, that's right. Right? So what's happening is that people that I have become aware of can't wait for them to extend it indefinitely because that's when all the lawsuits and the subpoenas will be forthcoming. Well, I'll tell you, it's the biggest scam I've ever seen in my life. If these dumbass people buy into it, it just had no dodge what, even, what they're even voting for, well, you know? See, here's the situation. says that should we adopt the rail system, it should be steel on steel. It's, it's there. Mm-hmm. But what nobody is saying to anybody is that if the people wanted to go with a different expensive as functional and as efficient as efficient yeah, more efficient. that's the word as yep. efficient all they have to do is come up with a resolution we'll vote on it and if it passes, no problem. Yep. If that happens, hey, the FTA is saying, yes, we will help you support a rail system. They are not saying we will help you support a rail system if it is only steel on steel. That's not the point. The no, it's not. No, it's not. The point is, yeah, we'll give you money to help you with a rail system. Mm-hmm. The charter has to be changed. The only way the charter can be changed is if a proposal is made and the people vote on it. The problem is this whole Shabai of rail was never put on the people. It's because of all the money that's involved, all the kickbacks, all the payoffs, all the corruption. That's right. That's the only reason. Yep. Right. Because when you're dealing in billions, little green things with faces on it that are floating around, that people are just waiting to be in the in the in the line. You know what I mean? Of course, it's faster politicians. Right. Fixes way to do it so they can get the maximum kickbacks. Right. That's all it is. That's that's it in a heartbeat. So the point is. lawsuits. I said, why don't you do it? They said, not until permanently. Because once that happens, then if I can use it, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say, but that's when the shit hits the fan. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what it's going to take. Because these people, they don't care. I mean, if I were, if I were a politician, Yep. And I were an honest politician. I would say, well, if there's systems out there that money and are just as effective and just as efficient, we opt for that venue. Well, Why, that's yeah, seriously. That's what the people should think, but not the politicians because no. they want to right. maximize their profits. Right. Just like, just like when. I, I should I should bring it back up again and just do a whole show on it. Years ago, stop 
the GMO stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we started with the State Department of Agriculture, which is headed up by former Senator Russell Cocoban, who took $20,000 from Monsanto when he was running as a senator. Okay, so that's irrelevant. But the point is... I went to the governor, I went to the mayor, I went to everybody, okay? Nobody could do anything. So I went mm -hmm. to the attorney general, was, was Hanani, Hanami Burns, Hanami mm -hmm. Burns, right? She wrote back and she said, you need to go to the Department of Agriculture. And I said, but I already told you that the Department of Agriculture doesn't want to do anything because they're hookers for the biotech industries. Well, there, yep. there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your government in action. Oh, this, yeah. you know, so it's like, what? What are we doing here? People, that's are, all we're doing. are we all lemmings? You know, well, are we all well, little? Are. are we all little sheeple? That says, yeah, okay. Oh, is that what you want? Oh, oh, you're gonna increase taxes? Oh, okay then. Oh, oh, you're not gonna pay any more social security? Oh, and you're gonna give me a tent so I can live in the Ala Park with the? Oh, okay. Oh, oh I can. Okay then.
okay, we'll try it. So the next night they go, they get the guy, the wife is having intercourse with the guy, the husband's standing there waving the towel, and his wife is going ballistic, absolutely crazy. And the husband looks down, he says, see, schmuck, that's how you wave a towel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
shots fired out the morning the revolution began. Except it's 2015 now, and the weapons of mass destruction are not guns and bombs, but rather in the form of toxic chemical medicine. So we all know about Dr. Andrew Wakefield, okay? One thing that he said is that the system is in a meltdown for so long. He has known for 13 years that the MMR vaccine is toxic and increases autism. So the recumbent MMR vaccine is toxic to African-American boys especially. CDC whistleblower Dr. William Thompson public with a statement posted on the website of the law's firm representing him. The statement opens with a blatant admission of scientific fraud at the CDC. How it goes. Senior scientists with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, where I have worked, I regret that my co-authors and I omitted statistically significant information in our 2004 article published in the journal Pediatrics. Data suggested that African-American males who received the MMR vaccine before age 36 months were at increased risk for autism. Decisions were made regarding which findings to report after the data were collected, and I believe the final study protocol was not followed. So there's three questions that remain unanswered. Question number one is, is recumbent human albumin what happens when you inject it into muscle tissue of another human? Ever heard of mad cow disease? Talked about it. So cows get it when they're fed their own kind. They go nuts. Why? Because cows are inherently vegetarian. Why do they eat cows? Because cow is not fit for sale, which means it will not be able to make profit. They are ground up and they are fed back to the living cows. So what happens when your blood is fed some human albumin, say aborted fetal cells? Take a big guess what happens when mad disease kicks in. It affects the central nervous system. So what happens to humans who get toxic vaccines? Follow the bouncing ball, okay? Mad cow disease, more correctly known as bovine spongiform encephalopathy, is a transmittable disease that affects the nervous system of cows. 
progression of the disease known as Bruxfeldt-Jakob disease is thought to be contracted by consuming beef products that contain parts of an affected animal's nervous system, such as the spinal cord and brain. So you picked up on the word bovine there, but there's more. In many cases, the early symptoms of mad cow disease mimic other more common ailments, making diagnosis difficult. In fact, according to the web resources, it's only in the latter stages of the disease that diagnostic testing can actually pinpoint the abnormalities which positively identify disease. Sounds familiar, right? So what comes with that? How about autism? With some ADHD mixed in, some nervous twitches, and chronic care for life. Question number two, what is sorbitol? Happens when you inject it into muscle tissue. Well, let's put it this way. Metabolic syndrome is a cluster of biochemical and physiological abnormalities and conditions that occur together, such as increased blood pressure, abnormal cholesterol levels, high blood sugar level, excess body fat around the waist. Greatly increases the risk of stroke, heart disease, and diabetes. Then specific artificial sweeteners were found to alter the gut's microbial community in humans and mice, and this prolonged study told us of zero calorie, which is fake sugar consumption, sets in motion metabolic changes associated with diabetes and obesity. So much for sorbitol. Question number three. when you inject it into muscle tissue. Hydrolyzed gelatin is a fancy word for MSG. It is now commonly used as a major additive in vaccines, along with other dangerous ingredients, including bimerosol, because they don't want to say that it's mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, fetal bovine serum, polysorbate 80, and more. Shows up under sometimes hidden names, vaccine ingredients, including amino acids, monosodium glutamate, hydrolyzed, texturized, modified, and it's used to supposedly pre preserve and stabilize the viruses and maintain its effectiveness. So the question is, all of these toxic ingredients be continually injected into human babies, children, and adults. Will everybody soon have autism and not understand that their country is being run by mad scientists with a dictator? Will the names and addresses of all Americans who are not vaccinated be published? Is this Nazi Germany or is it 2015 America? What is the CDC but a combination of thugs who push toxic medicine on the civilians and call anyone who opposes them mad human or terrorists? 
on a watch list. Did do you look? All I all I, all I'm doing here, all I'm doing here is trying to put out information. In my book, A Sane Diet for an Insane World, the last chapter of the book is called At the Waterhole. That means that for the book, just like I've been doing this radio show since 19, I have been putting out information that has been truthful. to do something. Perception or my intelligence only you can do for you. So as we get older, and there's, there's no doubt that we're all getting older, <laughs> but the key that you want to deal with when you're getting older of life. You don't want to be encumbered with illness. You don't want to be encumbered with disease. You don't want to be encumbered with different malformities and, 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 and um, abnormalities. Be able to go on every day, obtain the best quality of life possible. The government doesn't see it that way because they want to cut back on Social Security payments. Okay, but that's the government. Nothing you can do about that. So, in all the years that I've been on the radio, since 1981, what is that, 34 years, found four products that work. One of them, the organic sulfur, that many of you know about, fixes everything. The problem is it's bitter. The problem is you'll go through a detox problem process, and the problem is people can't handle it, so they say, oh, my God, this stuff sucks, and they stop taking it. The detox doesn't last that long, and once it passes, it never comes back, and all of a sudden things change. The second thing that I came across was the most incredible your mouth, bee pollen, that is a total mind blower, full of probiotics, all the 20 amino acids, all the B vitamins, including vitamin B12, the only plant source with vitamin B12, enzymes, everything to build and strengthen your immune system. Then I came across the two superfoods, the zeal and the shakeology. Okay, we know that the zeal was perpetrated by a used car salesman and he hooked a lot of people and then they got hooked on auto ship and they didn't want it, but I kept taking it and I supply it and if people want it, I'll get it for them. But the deal is 30 superfoods, 
superfoods. So that means on a daily basis, because I take all four of these things every day. I've been vaccinated in 20 years. I have not had the flu or anything in 20 years. I'm strong, which means I'm warding off illnesses and I'm warding off diseases. Not because I have a gun and I'm shooting it if I see it come to me, but because my system is strong. And why is my system strong? Because I don't eat processed foods. I don't eat anything that had a face and a mother with all its synthetic chemicals and growth hormones in it. I, I don't eat fish from the ocean, organic plants and fruits, and I keep it as simple as possible. The only oil that I use is maybe some organic olive oil on a salad or coconut oil. That's it. Nothing else. Pure water, because thank God we've kept fluoride out of our water supply. I don't drink soda. I don't smoke. I don't. I don't drink alcohol. People say, "You oh my God, how can you live?" Well, hey man, I'm 76 years old. I'm in three softball leagues. I do stand-up paddling, I race walk, I do weight training, I do cardio. I have no illnesses and I take no meds. If it can happen to me or nobody, it can happen to you. So that's why I do what I do. You're all, we're all brothers and sisters because the driver of the vehicle is a spiritual entity, which means that we're all related. It doesn't matter what kind of label you have on the on the vehicle, whatever color or the shape, the size, any of that stuff. It doesn't matter. We're all related. I'm just trying to help my family. I got to go. Hopefully, if they don't kill me by next week, I'll see you on the air next week. Aloha. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free, 866-229-3663. That's 
888-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the www.thepowerherbs.com. Timer provided strength. Indeed, the chemical compounds of thyme contain antioxidants, an effective germicide that kills whooping cough bacteria and makes breathing easier. Just imagine what you can do with thyme herbs when it comes to respiratory ailments like croup, pneumonia, asthma, and sinusitis. The extra benefit of thyme herb is that it soothes nerves and stops spasmodic coughing, so you can get some rest. Who says you don't have time to take care of yourself? Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free for time, tincture, and tea to soothe your cough and get some rest. 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International, 704-875-8010. Or online at thepowerherbs.com. Welcome to Herb Talk Live. I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. I'm here to empower you. Magical engineer Frank and I were ready to go. Well, we're going to be talking about allergy season. We, we have to because the pollen is about to explode. And so I want to just, you know, touch on some things we've probably talked about in the past a little bit and some new things. Um, but, you know, just to, to help you out, maybe sidestep the allergy season altogether. We'll, we'll talk about some things that you can do. Uh, also, if we have time, we're going to be talking about um, age, age-related things, and we'll see how much time we have after that. And we have a crack report, but before we do all that good stuff, big salute and semper fide to our righteous men and women in uniform. I'm lifting them all up in prayer. Um, I'm, I'm lifting the nation, all of us, up in prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for righteous men of valor with knowledge and understanding. And do you know why that's important? Because if you have a, a righteous man of valor that's willing to 
stand up with integrity and uh, with truth and with honesty and justice. That's what that means, right? Not just to have power and, and, you know, might makes right. We're talking about righteousness and judgment here and justice. And it, and it all comes down to the Lord's justice. There's a big difference, you know. And uh, as Isaiah 59 says, we're supposed to plead to the Lord in prayer for justice and truth. So I think if we don't ask for it, we're not going to get it. So we're going to all in good time, of course, and the Lord's timing is not always our timing and his will be done, but we are obligated to ask. So mind the time, it grows short. Without further ado, let's do a quack report. All right, what's in the quacker tonight? I'm going to go to California, Stockholm. Oh, boy. Smart meters exploded after a power surge exploded right off the side of the home. Damn! <laughs> uh, you can you can Google this and see the video. Um, not them exploding in action, but the aftermath of it all. You know, if people were near their meters at the time on the outside of their home, you know, puttering around, whatever, they could have been seriously injured by this. What happened was they had a power surge in Stockholm Monday, uh, and the meters exploded. Uh, the explosion started around 8.30 in the morning because uh, there, a truck crashed into a utility pole, and it caused the surge to happen. So um, about 5,000 homes were affected with uh, power outages. And uh, whether they are going to get their power back, it really just depends on the damage to their meter. Now, neighbors in South Stockton described the uh, the sound as a la- large pop or even a, a, a an explosion sound, a bomb sound, enough to shake homes. Okay, so it was significant. And uh, the meter really doesn't look bad. This one guy said um, on uh, his neighbor's house, but if you go inside his house, all his receptacles had all turned black. Wow, that could have really, uh, what, burned down somebody's house? Possibly? I don't know. PG&E says the dump truck a crash near the Alpine station on Arch Road, and when the truck hit the utility pole, uh, the top wire fell on the bottom wire, and it created a power surge or an overload. And um, the power is expected to be restored to most of the customers, um, depending on the damage bearing to their meters. Wow, is that safe? You got to ask yourself: Is there, if there's some sort of power surge, is, is your house going to catch on fire? because these smart meters can't handle them? I don't know. I don't ever remember hearing that with an analog meter. <laughs> All right, moving along in the quack report. Uh, what's it like to be allergic to Wi-Fi? Well, uh, some people say that they're sensitive to the electro- electromagnetic fields that they say are emitted by cell phones and Wi-Fi and other devices. They say it makes them sick, right? So it's known as electromagnetic hypersensitivity, or EHS. And um, it's not a condition that doctors recognize. They say it's more psychological rather than physiological. But uh, according to the World Health Organization, they say that it is real, um, and, and there are symptoms associated with electromagnetic hypersensitivity, such as dizziness, nausea, heart palpitations, redness, tingling and burning sensation on the skin. Um, So they say it's not really part of any single recognized syndrome yet, but they estimate that it affects uh, a few individuals per million. 
also um, data from self-help groups state that about 10% of the cases are deemed severe. Now, the World Health Organization says um, electromagnetic hypersensitivity can be disabling, a disabling problem to the person that it affects, but it really doesn't have any clear diagnostic criteria for it, and there's no scientific basis that links the symptoms to EMF exposure. So there, um, there are communities, though, uh, with electromagnetic refugees, if you will. They are gathering in places like Green Bank, West Virginia. There's a town there that is electromagnetic and radiation-free because they ban all those devices. Hmm. All right. Last but not least in the crack report, we got bionic ants. Yep, yep, we do. Robots. Ant robots, this is it, man. You know, you heard about the robots in the hospitals taking away jobs from people, but what the heck are we doing with ants that are robots? Okay, what is this? Uh, German developers have developed this technology at a firm called Festo, and um, they said that the whole thing was inspired by ants because of their collective intelligence. You know, if you look at an ant colony, they work together and so forth. They wanted to replicate that. And then they want to take these robotic ants and make them into factory workers. Uh, so ants are able, they say, to complete complex tasks like transporting large, heavy loads that they wouldn't be normally able to achieve individually, so they work together to transport. So. The robot actually features um, uh, a camera and floor sensors, and they're able to follow um, their location and identify objects they can grab with their little grippers. Um, they have antennae in the front of their heads, which are their chargers for their lithium batteries. Um, they have a radio module in their abdomen so they can communicate with the other ant robots wirelessly you know, just like a, their natural counterparts, according to the German researchers, they six legs. Now, the bodies of these bionic ants were made from 3D-printed plastic powder melted layer by layer with a laser, and then all the circuitry is also 3D that's printed on the top of the body. Their ceramic legs and pinchers are very flexible for quick mobility and uh, for precise movement. Uh, and they don't use that much energy. So, um, wow, people on the assembly line, car industry maybe, uh, factory workers, going to be replaced by robotic ants. That wraps the crack report. <laughs> Yeah, robots in the hospitals, robots in the factories. And, uh, you know, what's this, you know, the car that drives itself across country? So what, you won't be able to drive your car either? My goodness. Ah, well, let's talk about navigating allergy season. Let's just come down to earth a little bit here. Uh, allergy season officially starts in March, as you probably have surmised, especially in the southeast and the southern parts of the U.S., now, usually around mid-March is when tree pollen begins, and pollen can be a problem for a majority of allergy sufferers, and so much so that they tend to monitor the pollen reports from the National Allergy Bureau, or they tend to go to pollen.com, 
where you, they can download phone apps and monitor. Now, hay fever, as you know, is probably, as you know, is uh, called allergic rhinitis. And more people these days seem to be sensitive to the environment, to their foods, to bugs, to drugs, and pets. So this can negatively affect our daily function. So about half the population of the U.S. suffers from allergies, and we spend about $18 billion on allergy treatments every year. Allergies are more costly, folks, and get this, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, stroke, Alzheimer's, and Parkinson's all put together. So let's take a look at what we can do to minimize or even overcome the allergy season. Now, if you are on our uh, newsletters list over at thepowerherbs.com, you can sign up for our newsletters. You will get hot links uh, to these uh, pollen maps that's in the newsletter for today. And um, also you get links to um, to pollen.com and some other things. So if you haven't signed up and are subscribing, it's it's absolutely free. Uh, so you get this information free each week. So you can sign up at thepowerherbs.com and click on newsletters. All right, uh, let's look at some of the stats. Uh, according to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, millions of Americans encounter allergy outbreaks. And nearly 8% of adults have hay fever, and 7 to 10% of the children have hay fever. So as high as 30% of adults suffer from seasonal sinusitis, and about 10 to 20% have allergic uh, uh, reactions to medications for allergies. Now you like that. Nearly 10% of the kids have respiratory allergies like asthma. So why do we have more than 15 million people in the U.S. willing to risk their health using over-the-counter and prescription drugs for their allergies. Well, in a majority of these cases, it's because they're pretty much unaware of steps that they can take to reduce their sensitivity to allergens. So we're going to take a look at that. Let's look at some of the causes for your allergies. Uh, what can prompt allergies to occur is a big question. Some scientific studies are suggesting that it's really due in large to protein molecules placed directly into the blood as an artificial infection, which causes the problem. So we normally don't take these proteins into the blood directly, and they would be broken down in, di in the digestive process under normal circumstances. So an example of placing large protein molecules into the blood would be something like a leaky gut situation or even a vaccination. So when this occurs, a burden is placed on the lymphatic system to filter out the proteins from the blood, which can make the gland system sick. And when the lymph glands are clogged with polluted proteins from uh, wherever, they, they can't support our immune system to help make white blood cells. So this allows allergic reactions to run rampant and compromise the immune system. Another function of the lymphatic system, which can be severely hindered, is to carry nutrients and fat to all the tissues. So our cells need quality fats from unprocessed foods, and our body isn't able to carry out that function as it should. So physician Len Howowitz, um, or Leonard Howowitz, I should say, describes vaccinations this way because he thinks they're a big problem towards our spike in allergies. He says most parents who feed their children properly would not let them eat a food which contained any of the many ingredients in an immunization, which he's correct. But you let them inject that directly into bloodstream parents, 
in your kids. Now, the, a chiropractor, Dr. Ted Corin, says some of the ingredients in childhood vaccines are thermosol, which is your mercury. Uh, they also have disinfectants and preservatives. They have aluminum, which is an additive to promote antibody response. They have formaldehyde, which is a disinfectant, ethylene glycol, which is really antifreeze, phenol disinfectant and dyes, benzothorium chloride, which is an antiseptic, and mefaparabin, which is an antifungal preservative. So that's what's in a lot of vaccines out there. And get them shot after shot after shot, you can get an accumulative effect. And, of course, this is where kids are coming down with all kinds of problems. So let's look at the antihistamines because that's what most people reach for. Many people will take antihistamines for their allergy symptoms. So what do antihistamines really do? Well, everyone has histamine receptors. They're called H1, and that they're all over your body. So they are on your smooth muscle cells, which line your intestines. They're on cells that line cavities of your heart. They're on lymph vessels, central nervous system, like your spinal cord and brain, and also in blood vessels. So histamine is important and necessary for function. So when you take antihistamines, guess what you're doing? Mm -hmm. So the body releases histamine, which can bring inflammation initially, increasing more circulation to the area. It's an immune system response. And then it can bring on allergic reactions. But histamine is a local immune system response with white blood cells. It also regulates physiological functions of your thyroid, your digestive tract, and as well as your neurotransmitters in your brain. Now, medical doctors may recommend antihistamines for a common cold, for eczema, for food allergies, for sinusitis and hay fever, hives, and even poisonous rashes like poison oak, ivy, or sumac. However, if you use antihistamines, you can experience psychological alterations as well as physiological ones in your body. So antihistamines are in many products, including your antipsychotic drugs. So if you use a prescribed antipsychotic drug and prescribed or over-the-counter antihistamines or any number of products over-the-counter that have antihistamines in them, you could be getting more antihistamines than you need, which could be putting your cardiovascular system, your central nervous system, your gland system, your digestive system at some serious risk. Now, many allergy sufferers will use the Claritin product. You've probably heard about that one. However, this product does not guarantee patients won't gain weight while they're using it. Uh, and also, Claritin stresses that it's not for pregnant or nursing mothers or those who suffer from kidney or liver disease. So that tells you that the drug stresses those organs, puts a lot of irritation on them. So um, research, if, if you're going to use it, research the Claritin side effects before you use it because um, if you're using it for allergies, you'll discover that some of the side effects are allergy-related. So you could have things like a rash, swelling, itching, nervousness, rapid heartbeat, weakness, stomach pain, dizziness, diarrhea, and respiratory distress. <laughs> and, um, oh, my engineer is saying, can I play the court jester? Can I, can I, can I? Yes, you can play the court jester. Well, you want the pellet with the poisons in the vessel with the pestle, the chalice with the palace has the brew that is true. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Danny Kay in the court jester. There, it sums it up right there, what you're getting. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. I forgot about that clip. All right.
lot of people say, you know, why me? Why do I have to have allergies when other people don't? Yeah, many people ask why they suffer from allergies when other people seem unaffected. Uh, research suggests that some people have difficulty with certain proteins and the immune system targets them as dangerous pathogens. So when the immune system responds with immunoglobulin E to fight an identified allergen, well, a whole slew of chemical reactions occur. So histamine can unleash a flood of body fluids to help deal with congestion or other pulmonary symptoms. And according to some research, hot spicy foods can help the body deal with this response. So the hotter the spice, the better, because it helps the body clear away the pathogens trapped in the mucus sent by the immune system. So you can check your refrigerator for some hot peppers, ginger root, that's pretty hot sometimes if you get the hot kind, horseradish, onion, garlic. This would provide you basically a natural mucus buster as well as a natural antibiotic. All right, let's look at some other strategies. There are many strategies a person can use to reduce or clear away allergic responses during the allergy season. I have often said that avoiding certain foods that create or even promote an allergy response or a lot of mucus in the body is, is a way of prevention. It will prevent a lot of congestion and allergy response. So according to Drs. Christine Gerbassett and Dr. David Leopold, they agree that there are foods you will want to avoid. For example, instead of creamy soups, they say opt for soups with clear broths that have no cream or dairy. Instead of sour cream dips, opt for hummus dips or hummus dips with no dairy in them. So I don't personally agree that allergy sufferers should consume yogurt for the probiotics because that's what some doctors tell them to do. Because the dairy, it will promote congestion and more mucus. So doctors Gerberstadt and Leopold recommend um, a diet with more omega-3 fatty acids and antioxidants to help reduce the likelihood of an inflammation response and an allergy response. So there are also some herbs that are going to help you with the anti-inflammatory actions. We're going to talk about those. And also there's some herbal options in case you don't want to use over-the-counter stuff for antibiotics, okay? Now for sinusitis, hay fever, I like to use a combination of herbs. I'll use echinacea root, garlic, and hot pepper. So uh, usually, you know, the hotter the pepper, the better. I would at least get a habanero type of hot, 250, 300,000 Scoville heat unit kind of hot. Um, now, the Echinacea Deluxe product is an herb liquid that folks at Apothecary Herbs make, and it's an excellent for allergies, and it has these herbs in them. So at the first sign of sinus pressure, you could take this product and you can pretty much skip the sinus infection. So if you already have a sinus infection, this product will actually shorten your recovery time without having to use over-the-counter antibiotics. So um, if your immune system is super sensitive, you know, likes to create more of an allergic response, it's kind of hyperactive that way, you can try to balance it a little bit with the immune system balancer herb liquid. It kind of tones it down without having you without having to take the antihistamine products. Now if you if you tend to get these watery, itchy, mucusy eyes during the allergy season, there's a great product called herbal eye wash that's excellent. You could use that to wash away the eyes and get them all unstuck. Uh, excellent also for pink eye and other problems, so check that out. Now if you tend to get upper respiratory infections, the bronchitis, um, things like that, pneumonia, 
Uh, there is a pneumonia kit at thepowerherbs.com for the folks that apothecary herbs have that. So it's a natural way of dealing with that kind of congestion and infection. Now, if you tend to get the skin inflammation, the rashes, and an, an inflammation issue, there are anti-inflammatory herbs, like I mentioned. So look for their pain and anti-inflammatory liquid. They have that in regular extra strength. And also, you look at their skin pulses, which is really neat. If you tend to have kids that just look at poison ivy and get it, well, that is awesome stuff to have on hand to um, really take care of that without having to go get, you know, hormones and steroids and other things from the doctor's office. So it's called skin pulses, and uh, you'll be amazed. I use that also for bee stings. Bee stings, bug bites, mystery bug bites. So um, when my kids were little and they'd be swimming, and you'd see these little sweat bees kind of, you know, dancing around on the clover, and then they kind of zip on over and bite one of your kids, and the kids come out of the pool or screaming. Um, you can just mix a little of the skin pulses stuff up, and you put it on. You can spit them out of the pool, give them a popsicle, let them sit and dry off for 20 minutes. You put the stuff on, and after 20 minutes you take it off, and it's like they never were bit, okay, because it's what the Native American Indians used to draw out toxins from the skin so that's what it does it'll draw the venom back out if you got the rashes from the uh, poison ivy if you get the oils on you it'll draw the oil back out so it's awesome for that and i just love it very versatile i use it too to uh, put on top of vaccines if you get a shot plus i do some other things but you'll have to call me at the office and i'll share my secrets with you um, or you can just get a pandemic kit and see what I mean. Mm -hmm. All right, so if you also want to keep that skin nice and moist, um, keep the, the, the good floras, the good bacteria on it, keep uh, it el elasticity in your skin. So I like to use a honey oatmeal soap for that. So especially if you tend to have eczema, psoriasis, you definitely want to use a honey oatmeal soap. Uh, also, if you want a very broad-spectrum antibiotic type of formula. It's a natural antibiotic. Uh, it also is very good at cutting phlegm. It's, a, it's a, the formula called All-in-One. It's a very big bottle. It's like a tonic type of deal. No alcohol is in that. So um, you can gargle with that. You can take it as a maintenance dose. It's really awesome to have on hand as well. And your liquids will have about a 10-year shelf life on your herbal liquids if you store them in an environmentally controlled area. You do not have to refrigerate. So check that out, thepowerherbs.com. Reduce your risk of allergy symptoms this year and be proactive with your diet. Stay away from the milk dairy products, which promote a lot of allergy response. And if you're interested in ordering or for free product catalog, call Apothecary Herbs, 866-229-3663, 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare care 